Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting, and anything else Drew wants to talk about. In his contract, we have to make sure he gets his, his two cents. He, he He's the best. Well, in that case, hi, everybody. I'd like to talk to you about Amway here for a moment. So. <laughs> after the, after that that uh, score at the Dallas Card Show, I think everyone's going to follow you to any, anything they can, right? <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, this is TTM Cast. It is our fifth season. We are on episode 11. It is the weekend of March 18th. We're deep into spring training. We're deep into the NCAA tournament. We won't even talk about that, right, Drew? Oh, God. (laughs) We are deep into hockey. The hockey's going on. The NBA, they're all getting geared up for the playoffs. I watched the Bruins and Winnipeg Jets yesterday, I believe, or two days ago, when uh, the Jets are fighting for their life to get into the stand the playoffs. So we'll talk a little... uh, Hockey and, and basketball and all sorts of stuff. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports park sports card sports card podcast. So there it is, sports card podcast. Again, my name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I am back from Florida, unfortunately, begrudgingly. And we am joined by my friend and co-host, the the content creator himself, Mr. DFW Grapher. Of course, I'm talking about Drew Pelto. Hey, buddy. Hey, good to be here as always. Drew, I, I know you had a, uh, put a video up last week. How's that going? Make sure to send people out to YouTube to check it out. Yeah, DFW Grapher on YouTube, just uh, youtube.com slash DFW Grapher. I haven't put up my TTM video from last week. I got kind of lazy because, uh, well, usually I do it all on, you know, Sunday or Monday. And well, Sunday I ended up hitting the Dallas Cards show, and Monday I was still going through the cards from it. And then it got to Tuesday where I'm saying they're going, Oh crap! I haven't done this yet, so I think I'm just going to do a, a two-week edition here uh, this uh, weekend. But I did put up a video though of Aaron and me going through some of the stuff that we got there at the Dallas show and showing off what I ultimately ended up with. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's at least a little bit up there. Some all right, I'm going to have to check that difference. one out because that was a, that was a great uh, find. If you didn't hear us on our TDM Cast 101 on uh, Wednesday, Drew went to the Dallas Card Show last weekend and scored. I don't know what thirty six thousand cards or how many how many cards were there? It was about twenty five thousand because we had eight yeah. thirty two hundred count boxes. So yeah, a little over twenty five thousand. So Aaron and I ended up splitting that, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to get too much into like the big name stuff in there. You can see that in the video, but uh, I will say among set stuff, I got a ton of nineteen eighty nine tops, and uh, so I was able to fill in some gaps in the set that I've been working on there. I have less than twenty cards remaining on uh, getting that all put together. It had almost an entire set of nineteen ninety Bowman baseball. There's uh, only 45 cards left on that that I need to get for it. 1991 Leaf Baseball. I've got. S- I don't even know how few it is, but it's it may be in the single digits of numbers I'm, of cards I need from awesome. that. Awesome. And the 88, 89 Tops Hockey Set. I'm uh, 
I got, I think about two thirds of that set. And so uh, I told uh, Lee, my friend about it, who was, you know, on the show last week there. And he says, wow, so you're going to try to TTM that or anything? I'm like, ah, we'll see. I might, you know, try to try to TTM a few of them or something. And so uh, the bad influence that he is, I am now working on that set. So I was going to uh, say, that's a great set to get signed. I, it is. I love that set in terms of yeah, the card, you know, the card stock. I think that's a great yeah. set that those cards hold the autograph really well. Yeah, it's got that great design with the with the big thumbtack design there and everything. I always love that. I've used it in a, making a few uh, customs for minor league baseball before. But yeah, I mean, there's only 198 cards in it, two checklists, which I'm going to try to get like, I want to put Terry Crisp on one because he was a Stanley Cup winning coach that year. Now I'll probably go for like Alan Eagleson or somebody like that because uh, John's, I would have gone for John Ziegler, who was, you know, league president at the time, but he's no longer with us. So I can't really get him at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's 190, 196 players, 198 if you include the checklist there. So it's not a huge set. A lot of those guys TTM. I mean, I was looking through and I think about a, well over half of them have, have signed TTM the last year. So yeah, why not? I've added it to my list on my uh, website there, dfwgraffer.com. How many um, are not with not long, no longer with us? Do we have a? Yeah, there are uh, eight who are dead in the set, but I that's, mean, that's not several bad of them. At all. Yeah, several of them were great signers before they died. Like Brad McCrimmon, I know was one of them. Uh, Peter Zezel is one of them, and those guys both signed a ton. So I bet I can find them in a trade somewhere. But yeah, anybody out there who has any 1988-89 tops hockey signed cards for trade, hit me up. I'd love to trade for them. I've got a lot of hockey stuff to trade. Let me know what you got. Very cool. We have a really fun show for you guys this week. I just want to remind everyone our our weekly Wednesday show, uh, TTMcast one on one. I hopefully you guys are enjoying that. It's uh, we 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 condensed it down a little, right, Drew? It's only an hour show, so you don't have to invest all all the time and yep. energy that that this, this show requires sometimes. But we had Kanal Chopra, who was the uh, CEO of Beckett. And we talked to him about what's going on at Beckett. Make sure you check that out. Next Wednesday, we're going to have a very special guest. We have Ted Mann, who is the CEO of Collects. Collects.app, which is a great app. Drew and I use it. It's a. We're going to talk to Ted all about everything that's going on in Collects. That will be next Wednesday. Um, I just got back from spring training, my second trip down. I got to see three games, went to uh, three, three practices beforehand. And I'll tell you, the Minnesota Twins... Uh, I highly recommend them for for TTM for for uh, cards to go get autographs and and balls and the day the guys are great signing Red Sox not as mu- not not so much the day I went it was a split spo- split squad game and the Yankees will play playing the Yankees so it was the place was packed and they were just they weren't the guys weren't signing so uh, I had much better luck with the Twins but um, spring training is great I'm going to be heading back next year hopefully Drew can come down and spend a few days with me and, and we can do some in-person stuff because Drew is the man I, I'll tell you Drew Drew can get 100 autographs like nothing <laughs> one of I don't know things. about that we'll, we'll tap the brakes there I don't think I've hit 100 in quite a while no but you you do awesome also when I was in Florida I picked up uh, you know what's funny Drew because here in Boston, the, the shelves are still kind of bare. You know, I mean, there's some yep. stuff, but not a lot. Florida, there was tons of cards everywhere. So I picked up a prism and mosaic uh, blaster boxes in Florida. I didn't want to get too much, but there was so much stuff down there. And then yesterday, uh, the prism football got released. And uh, Drew and I will talk to you, you about that a little later. And hobby boxes are going for about 700 bucks. Well, I got three black boxes on target.com uh, for 30 bucks a piece nice. so i thought that was a pretty good a, a pretty good take and I, I i don't know if you saw my post on um twitter i picked up my I, we were talking about this the other day that i picked up the uh peyton man and rookie card psa 7 
Uh, I don't usually buy graded cards, but I I thought I needed. I didn't have that card. It wasn't in my set, so my my collection. So I picked that up for a pretty number, and uh, I'm I'm working one. I'm working on one other card that I'm hopefully going to get in the next day or two. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know. But I know ne- I never want to let the cat out of the bag until until yep. I have the card purchased. Right, Drew? Exactly. Exactly. How was your week? Well, I spent most of it going through all of that stuff from the uh, card show, so still kind of digging my way through that haul. But uh, I've got a, there's an eBay auction out there. I've got a bid on it. Ends in six hours, so I can't really say what it is. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes, but it has at least one edition, one very tough edition for one of the sets that I'm working on. And oh, I was going to ask you. Base. I was going to ask you, Drew. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Did you get any um, response from your article that was in uh, Sports Collectors Daily uh, the last week? The year. Uh, your, your 10 toughest autographs. Did you get any response from people on that? Yeah, I got a couple of emails from people. One who was asking me a little bit about the uh, Ricky Wright autograph there and saying, um, yeah, I have this slabbed. Is it still good? Because I mentioned something about there being some questions on even slabbed ones as to whether they're good or not. So, like, I'm not an authenticator, but I tend to trust PSA. I would say, I mean, comparing his, that person's to a few others I'd seen online, I'd say probably good, but I'm far from an expert on this. And another person just asking me stuff out. Yeah, so where 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 can you find addresses on some of these guys? So I gave them kind of a little bit of a tutorial. But yeah, I've been getting some really good feedback. A few messages on Facebook, a few comments on Facebook on uh, uh, Sports Collectors Daily's uh, page on it or their link to it. So yeah, got a got a lot of good feedback there. Yeah, it's a it's a great article, guys. Make sure you, you check it out. Um, just put in Drew Pelto as your your, your search term, and it'll come up. Drew's written a couple articles for Sports Collectors Daily as as well as I have, and. Uh, they're great great articles so make sure you check that out um we've got uh i'm sorry i interrupted you i apologize it's all good i I just wanted to talk to you about your article and i it it jumped out of my head and you know how my brain works sometimes (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else yeah i've got that one ebay auction i'm waiting on to finish up but hopefully i get that because it'll have one major edition for one of the sets i'm working on and a whole lot of trade bait at least so i can hopefully do some wheeling and dealing there um, I've got, I put, I actually bought a card from, uh, buy sports cards, uh, this past week as well. I'm just waiting on it to get here, but somebody had the Ron mix rookie card on there from the 1960 Fleer football set. He's a hall oh, of famer. Nice. Signs by mail as well. So I'm like, oh yeah, we'll go ahead and pick that up and grab that at a decent price. I'm just waiting on that to get here and I can mail that out again. But yeah, aside from that, that's, that's pretty much been the extent of it. Just digging through all that, uh, Dallas card show finds stuff. Very cool. So isn't it always fun to go through cards like that? I mean, I, I picked up a bunch of cards for on Facebook Marketplace, and I'm still going through them. I, every once in a while, I pull a box out and, oh, like, I forgot I had that. I didn't even realize I had that card. So it's always yep. fun to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of uh, Facebook Marketplace finds as well. I had one about, God, how it's about maybe a year and a half ago or so, but it was all stuff from, I think the earliest one was, there was, was 1972 in there. And the most recent one was like a 1987. It was mostly stuff in like the late 70s to early 80s. Mostly commons, not the greatest condition, but still. That's, you know, easy TTM stuff there. So I yeah, picked that up and spent like a week going through that one as well. So yeah, it's always fun. Just, you know, anytime you can find uh, just a bunch of commons for cheap, I love picking that stuff up. Well, guys, we have a really fun show for you this week. I, uh, I spoke with Sean Smith. Sean Smith is general manager of uh, JetBlue Park, which is Fenway South. He just started in January. He was formerly he worked for the uh, the Lowell Spinners, and he worked for the Manchester Fisher Cats, and he worked in the NBA. But Sean is the biggest Mickey Rivers 
collector out there. He has over 500 Mickey Rivers items. He's talked he's, he's, he's talked with Mickey Rivers, Mickey Rivers' wife, his family. And we're going to talk to Sean about uh, his obsession with Mickey Rivers. It's a really fun nice. interview. And then uh, all, we have Les Wolf join us. And Les and I just kind of talk about all everything that's going on uh, in the hobby. And we talk about um, Aaron Rodgers joining his his Jets. And we talk about the WBC and some other stuff. So we have uh, Les Wolf coming up with more with Les. Next week, next Saturday, we will have uh, former NBA center Otto Moore and Clemente Lise will be joining us. And we'll be talking to Clemente what's been going on. But we also have all our regular segments, right, True? Absolutely, we do. We have Baker's Dozen where we'll cover everything in the news. Any, any news from the hobby, we've got it all in there. You mentioned right there that we've got Collector's Corner with Sean Smith and more with Les, Les Wolf joining us here once again. We've got Making the Grade, talking about everything in the world of grading. We've got our stamp approval where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to just about anything from the previous week. Could be any any area of life. You never know what it's going to be. Yeah, you never quite know. It could be something in our, that we like to eat, something like we like to watch. Sometimes it's collectible stuff. Sometimes it's books, right, Drew? It could be anything. Right, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna little uh, spoiler alert. Mine combines two of those things. So uh, there you go. After that, we got the Vern Rap Minute, where we cover all the deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might TTM that has died in the last week, we're gonna cover them. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here are TTM returns. And I'm gonna tell you right now, we both had a pretty darn good week on those. Pretty good week for you know what? What beginning of the year, Drew? I thought we were gonna lose our TTM licenses because we were we were really stinking up the place. But I I think the last two months we've been knocking it out of the park, don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, I remember we got that letter from the uh, TTM board saying, "Hey, you're gonna have to just change your name to Cast if this keeps up." So uh, yeah. fortunately, we've we've gotten back on the horse now. So. Yeah, we're doing good. I I'm I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back for that, Drew. Absolutely, I literally patted myself on the back for that one. <laughs> well, you know what, Drew? Uh, we are fast approaching. 60,000 drop downloads of all, for all time. We wow. we are going to hit that this this week. I, I guarantee it. And uh, I can't believe it that we've had we've had 60,000 downloads since we started this podcast. And uh, I just want to thank all the listeners out there, everyone that that listens and shares and uh, contributes, the guys that enter our contests, the guys that send emails and questions to Drew and I and to Les. Um, I, I, we really appreciate it. I know we're getting a lot of new listeners lately, so hopefully you're enjoying the show. We'd love to hear from you. Drew, how do they reach out to us? You can just email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's it. And if guys, if you're new to the show, Drew gets a quarter every time he does the plug. So that we we got to get a couple in each each, each uh, show. Drew, how do how do they get a hold of us again? Once again, that is ttmcast at yahoo.com. Right, but I think we did all our housekeeping, right? All the housekeeping done. Yep. All right, let's go into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com.
Baker's Dozen is a news summary, what's been going on in the hobby. I just want to remind everyone to check out my articles, my weekly articles in Sports Collectors Daily, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Usually post like either Tuesday or Wednesday uh, in the morning. Make sure you check that out. I, I do all my, I show all my uh, TTM success with pictures. Uh, and I also have uh, stuff about the show that we might've forgotten or a wrap up of, of what's going on in the show. So you can follow that there. Um, I just want to, I, uh, I just want to point this out to everyone. Um, I'm, I've joined the um, Bob Feller Active Valor Award. I am on their advisory committee. So we're going to help them out with their podcasts and help them out uh, getting some autographs and stuff. Well, this is a cool thing. You can go to act of, excuse me, activevaloraward.org, activevaloraward.org to learn about it. But they have a um, they have a new baseball card set that they're they're going to be creating. It's thirty nine cards of um, people that play baseball and that were uh, you know are veterans in one way or the other in World War II all the way up through through uh, current current uh, Gulf War and that kind of stuff. And uh, the set is going to be thirty nine cards. You uh, you can't purchase them. They're not they're not selling them. But all you have to do is go on. And you can pre-order them, and and uh, you you can make a twenty dollar donation, and you'll get a free set of cards. So if you're interested in the getting a, a free set of cards, the uh, thirty nine uh, cards, which are really nice looking cards, go to www.activevaloraward.org, activevaloraward.org, and you can pre-order the cards. And then uh, you know, I think once they come in, that's when you can make your donation as well. So. Um, they're just trying to get a head uh, handle on how many cards sets they could they should order. So if you're interested, uh, order pre-order them now, and then you know when when they get their number. I think they're going to print them sometime in the early summer. I would think June or July. And uh, they're really neat looking cards, and uh, they promote you know they promote the guys that served our country. So make sure you check that out. ActiveValorAward.org. You can get a free set of 39 cards. Uh, again. Um, you you know you have to make a don a twenty dollar donation to help the the foundation, but check that out. Got another great organization that helps people out, Lana Sports, LanaSports.com. They've got a big giveaway coming up here soon. They've got five ABA basketballs signed by Dr. J. Julius Irving. Enter for a chance to win it. It's a free giveaway. That's the great thing. You just have to spend fifty dollars on LanaSports.com, and you'll be entered for a chance to win one of those. I mean, that's a uh, that's a pretty nice prize right there. I mean, a Dr. J signed ABA basketball and a chance to win it just for spending $50 on their site. Go and check it out. Lannasports.com. Yeah. And it's, you get an entry for every $50 you spend. They have all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, ABA basketballs that aren't signed. They have ABA basketballs that are signed. They have cards. They have all sorts of cool stuff and all the money goes to help um, ABA players that weren't covered under the NBA pension that need money for living expenses and, and medicine and just, just, just to help them out. So it's a good cause. Go check it out. Lannasports.com. And Hey, you know, you get it's, I bet it's pretty good odds for you to get a chance to win a, a Dr. J signed ball. So mm -hmm. check that out. We have some auction report stuff to report. Boy, I'm having a tough time this morning getting getting <laughs> my my thoughts ahead of my mouth. That's talking faster than my thoughts for some reason. Golden auctions, Drew. Golden auctions. They had a PSA 10, 1973 Willie Mays. It's only one of three, um, and it got uh, $79,200 for a price, which is that's a pretty good deal for a 1973 card, huh, Drew? It absolutely is. I think that's a Mays' last card there too. So it is. Uh, it's really, right, yeah. it's really Willie. 
was not the most attractive guy to begin with, but it, he he was very unattractive as he got older. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's in that Mets jersey, and he looks tired on it. Like yeah. guys, I, l- l- let me finish out my career here, please, and let me let me let me play my year here in New York here. But yeah, I mean, his yeah. last card, but it wasn't a card. The his in 1974, they had a World Series card uh, of him. And remember, if he's he was batting in one yep. of the World Series cards, I believe that's his last card that from his playing days, but the 73 was his, his last uh, solo card. Sure. Yep. Uh, his uh, rookie card also went in that auction, the 1951 Bowman PSA eight, $186,000, the price tag on that one. So maze stuff is always up there. And yeah, that rookie card, six figures on that. Also, they had a cool 1962 baseball set, tops baseball set. Each card was graded for a uh, PSA eight and that sold for $104,508. I know that seems like a bargain to me, don't isn't it? It does. I mean, that 62 set has some, uh, I mean, you've got Lou Brock's rookie card is in there. Joe Torrey's rookie card is in there. Uh, God, who else? Gaylord, Gaylord Perry, Perry, right? Doesn't Perry yep. have a rookie card there too, in that set yep. too? Gaylord Perry, um, Tim McCarver. Those are probably the big four rookies there. But I mean, you're dealing with what? You know, it's two Hall of Famer, three Hall of Famers right there. So yeah, yeah that seems like a very affordable, "Quote unquote affordable price for something like right. That. If we had an extra hundred thousand, hundred thousand uh, dollars, I might buy that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, buysportscards.com is a site we love promoting on here. They have now got more than six million cards listed on their website. I remember a few a few months ago we were just celebrating the fact they'd reached one million cards. Now there's six million cards that are uh, hitting their first year anniversary. So. Great on them. If you haven't used them, go and check them out. I like I said, I bought a bought a card from them earlier this week, just waiting on it to get here. So yeah, go check them out. Right. And I think we owe Connor an appearance when he hits 10 million. That was the deal, right? He I think hit, so. He had hit 10 million and then, then he then he gets a free pass to come back on the show. Yes. We're only kidding, of course. We will we get we'll have we'll have him on anytime. We had a bunch of new releases that, that came out this week. Uh, most of them came out on the 15th, the Ides of March. Uh, the 2022-23 Donruss Elite Basketball came out. You had eight packs, 20 cards, including two autographs for $295. That's 2022-23 Donruss Elite Basketball. Eight cards, 20 card, eight packs, 20 cards, two autos for $295. Enjoy. I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. It's all good. We'll, we'll do a little swap on these ones here, so... Uh, 2023 tops WBC global stars for the world baseball classic. You get one pack of 20 cards, uh, 50 cards total in that set. It's available on tops website, tops.com. You also get two inserts and two parallels in that pack. And every third box will have an autograph. $30 is the price tag on that. Go check that out. I told you my mouth is going quicker than my brain today. <laughs> my brain is like a, going about 45 miles an hour, but my mouth is like at 110 miles an hour. Right? Yep. Yep. I gotta, I gotta rein it in here because I'm all excited just to talk cards with you. I just, I have just so think much... you, you haven't even had any coffee or anything either. It's I don't like, drink I mean, coffee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you had that, you'd be vroom, just, you know, I mean, you plow through the show. In 15 I know minutes. it's, it's just so much fun. There's so much stuff I want to talk about. Well, guys, the 2022 Bowman Inception baseball came out this week. Uh, you get two autos. There's a hundred cards in the base set, and then you can get a box of Bowman Inception for about $165. They're actually nice looking cards, Joe. I don't know if you've seen them, but uh, they, uh, Tops has done a, a better job, I think, a really good job um, with their Bowman set, their, their yep. Bowman line, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely like it. I mean, for a couple of years, it seemed like it was just kind of, you know, really there wasn't a huge difference in the cards there. And it seems like they've done a lot better of kind of, you know, 
dividing it up a little bit better year by year now. Yeah, I love the draft picks. I love the the Bowman sets. I love the. I just I was never a big Bowman guy uh, until a couple of years ago, and then it, all of a sudden I just started. You, the cards look great. They're they're, yeah. they're great looking cards. So uh, good job, uh, top slash Bowman slash slash fanatics. Keep it up. Keep keep up the good work with Bowman. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. Panini Prism is hitting the shelves. Jeff said he bought a blaster of that. This is for the uh, but uh, Panini Prism football. Just to clarify, you get twelve cards in twelve of twelve pack twelve packs of twelve cards. Now I'm getting your your sibling here. It's <laughs> contagious. I'm not making you better, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 12 packs of 12 cards in each box. There we go. 144 cards total. Two autographs there per box. It's a 300-card base set that you're uh, going to be dealing with there. $700, though, the price tag on that box. So if you're just looking to get some, uh, some of the base stuff, maybe a few parallels, definitely check into those blasters at 30. Yeah, I think I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the the uh, distribution is of, of that, you yeah. know, collation of it. and. If I can get an autograph or two, um, you never know. You can get you can get, you can get autographs and uh, on those as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And honestly, I, you know, I'm just looking. I I love the, I like getting the Patriots cards. So you know, for I'll, I'll buy uh, I'll buy it and then when I, I'll fill fill in the Patriots guys that I need when I go to a to to go to a show. You know, but uh, I love Panini Prism. They I, I think that's the best thing they do. I think the the Prism is their by far their uh, most collectible stuff. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, especially for anybody who likes collecting like the entire rainbow of a player. And he has come with so many parallels in those prism sets. I remember like the first few years of prism. It was like, you know, you had maybe like five or six different ones. And now you're up to like 30 different ones every year. It's just crazy the number they come up with. And they're consistently making changes and tweaks to them as well. So there's always uh, always something new they're coming with every year. I know somebody at Panini must get out a color wheel and say, okay, we got taupe, we got maroon, we, <laughs> we got brown. They pick it. They, they pick 16 colors of these guys. And it's kind of cool. You know, if you're, especially if you're a guy that only collects, you know, you collect a player, like if, you know, just like your, your example, if they did uh, 20 different Corey Snyder's, you'd be thrilled. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's- it's funny because I remember a few years ago when I first started at Panini, I was talking on a message board there about uh, with someone who I think was collecting. Um, God, I can't remember who the player was he was collecting, but there was somebody that he was looking for uh, stuff on. And he was asking me, you know, how many parallels are there in uh, in Prism of this? And so I just rattled off like all the all of them. And then I threw in like six more that didn't exist after that just to, you know, mess with them a little bit. I'm yeah. like, I'm just kidding about those last, those last five or six there. And well, now all of those versions now exist, I think. So it's, yeah, they're, uh, yeah. I mean, you never know. They've got, you know, the, the, like the tie dye ones, the snake skin ones, the zebra stripe ones. It's like digital camo ones. It's like, guys, guys, this is insane, but also awesome at the same time. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I love it Drew. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a, it, it makes it impossible to get a set, right? It's right. almost impossible to get a yeah. set of these cards because there's so many one of ones and different different variations. But as a collector, it's it's really cool. You know, if I if I want to get um, you know Jason Tatum and, and get twenty different Jason Tatum's uh, with the different colors and, and get the full rainbow, I think that's just uh, an awesome way to collect. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drew, we have a bunch of some show news to report. We do indeed. Uh, we've mentioned the CSA show, the Chantilly show. That is coming up at the end of March. It's going to be March 31st through April 2nd. Some big autograph guests there, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, a couple of active wide receivers that will be out there. 
couple of Hall of Famers there as well, John Hanna and Marshall Falk. If you want to check out uh, more about that show and look at their uh, mail-in stuff for autographs, csashows.com is the place to go. Right, the big industry event. This is going to be the second time they've had it. It's called the Mint Collective. It's kind of it's kind of a card show, but it's also like an industry conference, right? There's all sorts of yeah. classes and panels you can sit through. Uh, it is March 20, uh, 30th to April 2nd at the MGM Las Vegas. It is the mintcollective.com. Um, my wife and I were talking the other day, and we are going to go to the Mint Collective next year nice. in Vegas. We've that we put that on our, our uh travel arrangements and we're we're going to do the mint collective next year so um it's a really great show and, and it's the second year they're doing it our friend uh, ezra levine from collectible.com they are one of the primary sponsors it was their their baby to begin with there's all sorts of great sponsors that are sold out and it's a fun show so if you are in the uh, vegas area or want to go spend a weekend in vegas it's march 20th through the april 2nd check that out also i'm going out to naples florida um on uh, next next week uh march 27th is the show it's the naples all-star basketball event that this will be the third time i've attended it they've all, this is their fourth year of the show kevin McHale, dave bing bob dandridge and rick barry will be there so i actually picked up a rick barry and kevin McHale sports illustrated to get signed i got bob dandridge's rookie card I got uh, Dave Bing's rookie card from somebody I know, wink, wink, that uh-huh. I'm going to get signed. Yes. And I got, I got a few other cards. So uh, uh, it's it's really a, a fun event. And I look forward to uh, spending some time. And the nice part about this event is uh, they have a, a session beforehand uh, where there's probably about 20 or 30 people with the, with the guys. And you get to spend uh, some time talking basketball and just listen to these guys talk basketball. It's a fun event. So it's the Naples All-Star event. March 27th, I believe there still are tickets available. So if you're in the uh, Southwest Florida area, you want to go down to Naples. It's beautiful. Um, it is a great event. You might, might want to check it out. It's the Naples All-Star event. It is March 27th. Well, Drew, I think that closes out Baker's Dozen. We had a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, quite a bit there. Remember when we started doing this and like, oh no, we gotta fill, we gotta fill up Baker's dozen. Are we gonna ever gonna get any news? But our, our, there's so much stuff going on all the time. It, it, it's really exciting. Yeah, now it's getting to the point where we may have to actually limit it to a Baker's dozen of items there, just to make sure we get a uh, good I, enough in. I know, maybe maybe we just take it 13 items and that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to make the cut. Well, guys, uh, I, I I spoke with Les Wolf last week. That we, I talked to him, uh, I believe, last Thursday. So uh, Les and I. Oh, you know what? When did I talk to Les? I take that back. I talk, I spoke to Les this, thir- this Thursday. <laughs> it's all melding together. Well, Les and I talk about um, some cool hobby happenings. We talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. We talk about um, the World pay- Baseball Classic, some other stuff that's going on in the hobby. So please enjoy my segment, More with Les, with Les from Les Wolf. Please enjoy my interview. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend, Les Wolf. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. 
Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. All right, guys, it's my favorite time of the show. I get to speak with Les Wolf. Les Wolf, of course, is from Les Wolf Sports LLC. He has been training, collecting, purchasing, selling cards and autographs for over 60 years, and we're going to tap into the expertise, the brain of Les Wolf. Welcome, Les. Welcome, Jeff Baker, the touchdown maker. We we got we got Les on the road this week. For Les is Les is out doing doing stuff. He lives a life other than just collecting cards and stuff. So we, we understand. So Les is out on the road today. We're going to talk a little uh, hobby happens with Les, if that's okay. Actually, I'm a, I'm actually got got to drop off some stuff, and then I'm picking up. Uh, so I'm dropping off. I'm selling to a client two single sign baseballs. Oh, nice! What'd you get rid of? I just bought and sold to a client a beautiful, beautiful Casey Stengel single. And who else did I get in this thing? And a really nice, uh, look. you know what? I'm getting old. I'm starting to forget. Stengel <laughs> was, was a pretty whole... good signer, signer back in the day, right? He was a great signer. He was a nice guy. Very nice. I still remember the only problem I had with him was I had to wait a half hour to hear all his stories. Medwick, a nice, really nice Joe Medwick single sign ball. Speaking of stories, I'll share this with you. I was down in uh, spring training for, for four or five days. I went to the, the Twins on Tuesday, went to the Twins-Pirates game. And before the game, uh, I went down to practice, and I was sitting and uh, watching the guys hit in the cage, and – sitting right there next to me was Tony Oliva. And I had about a 15, 20-minute talk, uh, talk with Tony Oliva. What a nice guy. How's he doing? I heard he wasn't too good physically. Uh, I mean, you know, he's older. He's moving He's moving around a little slow. He has he has a bat that, that has a piece of tape on it with his name on it. And so he was sitting there watching Michael Taylor, Michael Lake Taylor, who they picked up from the Royals. He was watching him at, and he was watching your boy, Joey Gallo, hit. My boy. You know what? He's a real good player, Gal. I feel sorry. He's just gotten a really bad rap. You want a funny story? I was talking with Joey, right? And I, he came over and signed a, a card for me. And uh, I, there wasn't many people there. And I was talking to him for a couple minutes. I go, Joey, I'm, I think I'm going to draft you for my in my fantasy baseball team. He goes, don't draft me. Do not take me for your fantasy team this year. Like, okay. He, he said what? Don't draft them. He said, don't draft them for my fantasy team. I thought that was kind of funny. That's probably because he's, he's worried about getting in at bats. Yeah, I know. Well, I I spoke with him. I spoke with uh, Byron Buxton, who was very nice. And I spoke with um, Sonny Gray, for another former Yankee. He was very cordial. And um, who else did I speak with? Oh, Joe Joe uh, Ryan uh, from the, the Twins, the pitcher. He's a very young kid, but uh, – he was great. He signed signed everything for the kids, and he was he was a, another nice guy. I, Les, I highly recommend going down That's to spring nice. training. It's fun. Yeah, it was. It's a good time. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk about the the big uh, the big signing or the big potential signing, right? For for you, your New York Jets, in terms of Aaron Rodgers. First, is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback that will ever play for the New York Jets? Is he the best one? <laughs> 
weeks ago we had a little guy named Namath. Come on, ready? I know you talk, you're talking to, right? Namath was good, but he wasn't great. You also forget we also had this other guy named Favre that wasn't bad either. All right, is Aaron Rodgers better than Favre? It's close. I think I'm just saying I'm going out on the limb. I'm saying he's he he will be the best quarterback to ever play for the New York Jets. Yeah, but does that mean he's going to win a championship with us? Of course not. Uh, I just hope they don't give up a lot to him. Do you think he's going to win a championship with them? You know, I sincerely hope so, but you got to remember, it's still my Jets. <laughs> well, you know what? They, they're they going in the right direction, at least. The defense is going to be pretty good, I think. The defense was better than the offense the last yeah. year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. if they win nine or ten games next year, that'll be a, that'll be a huge uh, jump for them. Well, they were on their way to doing that until uh, they had injuries. No, I know. So, what do you think? Are we giving yeah, it a, a Bryce less? Bryce Cole got hurt. That hurt him a lot. Are we giving it a less wolf thumbs up for for, for joining, getting uh, Aaron Rodgers for the New York Jets? I think it's a good move. My only concern is whether or not you'll, uh, you know, not, what we have to give up for him. I don't want to give up uh, a first round pick for him. I bet it's going to be it's, it's going to be a first round pick at least. Don't you think? And maybe one or two players. I really hope it's not. Well, I mean, he's gonna, he's going to want forty million dollars a year. Is he worth forty million dollars a year for two years? Uh, I would say no. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money on a, on a salary cap. But you, what do you think? Uh, Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jet, is that going to help uh, increase his value as a collectible? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say, I would say no. Because you think he's kind of hit his peak. He's hit hit his peak, don't you think? He's 39 years old. He's no spring chicken. No, I know, but I mean, he's st- he should still have two or three years in, I would think. Depends on how long. I just hate seeing them give up anything much for him. I mean, they're talking well, about the trading the thirteenth pick of the first round. They're going to have to give That'll up for their first pick. They're going to have to give their first pick. I don't see him getting uh, to the Jets without giving up the first pick, their first round pick. Remember, the Jets gave up their fourth round pick for Favre. Yes, I know, but um, I think I think Barb was on his last leg. I think Rogers still has a little left in him, but I don't I don't know. He's thirty nine he years can, old. Come on. I know, but I think he can. Re- I can. I think he can make them a playoff team. I just don't. I'm not saying he's going to make them a championship team. I don't know. We'll see. How about we have any, you been watching? Go ahead. If we had any decent quarter, if we had Mike White and he didn't get hurt. We would have made the playoffs last year. I, I I don't think making the playoffs is any big accomplishment unless you go all the way. And the Jets well, I mean, got an incredible. I know, but it seems it seems like the Jets that haven't been in the playoffs in, in how many years? They you know they got to they got to start somewhere. 
Yeah, but what good is making the playoffs if if you don't have any chance of getting further than the first round? So maybe they win a game. I don't know. I mean, you know, they they have a talented team. It's just a matter of uh, keeping some of, the guys, some of the guys healthy. And and uh, I don't know. Get is the is the coaching staff is that is that is that the answer? Are they is this the the guys that are going to bring them to the next level as well? I don't know. We're gonna uh, we'll see. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. But we'll we'll see. I mean, they they at least they're they're kind of in the right direction after floundering around for the last twenty plus years. Yeah, true. Have you been I watching? That, Go ahead. I just hope that uh, that you know they don't give up much, and I hope he doesn't get hurt. And he play and the team plays well. Well, I think you're going to get two out of three. I think they're going to have to give up something to get him. I don't. I don't see them just saying, "Okay, go go for a for a fourth round pick or a third round pick and, and a backup uh, tight end." You know, I think they're going to have to do, do something. I would do a fourth round pick and make it contingent upon how he plays, and then elevate it up from there. I honestly don't see them doing it without a first round pick. I think the first round pick is going to have to go. Well, the, actually, Rodgers has put them in, a, in, a, in a, they want to get them off their payroll and they want to save money. So the Jets are actually helping them. No, I know. I so understand that, but I, th- I think that's what's holding this whole thing up. I think that I think they want the first-round pick. We'll, we'll find out soon enough. Soon enough. Hey, have you been watching the World Baseball Classic at all? That's terrible what happened with Diaz. I know. I mean, he they, he uh, he struck out uh, what's his name Hernandez to end the game, and then they they mobbed him. Did what? Did he did he uh, hurt his knee really bad? We haven't heard the MRI reports, but he he made an interesting comment. He said winning that game was like winning the seventh game of a World Series. Cause I don't know about I don't know about that. Is, Oh, the Dominican team is pretty stacked. Oh, I know. This whole thing, this whole thing is coming down to pitching, though, right? As baseball always does, and these silly rules that these guys can only pitch so many innings and they can't pick back, pitch back to back. I, actually, innings. I don't think that's a silly rule. I think that's a great rule to tell you the truth. Well, I mean, pitchers. I know, but it's taking. I think it's taking away for, from the strategy, right? Pitching is always the what, what wins these things, and. You know, if these guys these guys can pitch seven or eight innings, then they should be able to pitch it. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah, yes and no. I mean, that's what relief pitching is for. The game has changed a lot. No, I know, but it's kind of like playing. Okay, let's have the let's have the Olympics, and but but the NHL's goalies can only play one period. You know what I mean? It's 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 it's, it's taking a little teeth out of it. I think. That's the way, you know, it's all about the money. No, I understand that. I've been watching a lot of spring training games, obviously. I like some of the new rules. I like the pitch clock. It moves the game along. I I don't know what the the, the big bases are going to do, but I do like the pitch clock, and I do like the um, no shift rule. The pitch clock, you know, if it's slow, if it increases the game, makes it faster. That's fine. What about but the no? I, I like the no, I like the no shift rule. 
I kind of like the shift rule. I liked it because, you know, you have certain batters that are dead pull hitters. They need to learn how to be able to hit it to all fields. I, I agree, and I wish the guys would, would oh, you know, when they when they have the third baseman way over at shortstop, they don't, they don't punch or try to hit the ball over there. I don't understand why they don't. Oh, that's because these batters are trained just to hit one way, and it, the batting coaches aren't that good anymore. No, I know. No, I know. It's it's a it's a different game. Hey, how are you how are you doing on uh, your TTM returns? I, I haven't gotten anything back. What I've been mainly focusing in on for some clients is um, single sign Hall of Fame baseballs. The okay. rarer, the better. I have uh, have a Frankie Frisch coming in for a customer, Ray Shark. I'm always buying it. So anybody out there that's got some really good single sign baseball Hall of Famers, they want to sell them on balls. Preferably on a sweet spot. Just let me know. There was there was a lot of buying. There were a lot of people getting signed uh, balls signed out at uh, spring training, but they were all get they were all getting signed with sharpies. I was yelling at them. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> well, you can You're not doing it right. You can always tell the amateurs. Yeah, there there, there was just like it, it was. Uh, a weird group of people. There were there were like old ladies getting stuff signed, and there were kids getting signed. It was it was a weird mix of, of uh, people getting autographs. But the the twins twins were very good. The Red Sox not so not so good in terms of uh, signing for everyone. Really? Yeah. Well, that, that's because that's your team. That's why. I know. Well, there were a lot of pictures. That's your boys. The Red Sox are very crowded. I'm not. I'm not very uh, optimistic about the Red Sox this year. I'm. I'm thinking about maybe 75 wins. Well, my question to you is, who's your, who's your shortstop going to be? Uh, right now, it's going to be Kiki Hernandez. Travis I like Story's Kiki up. Hernandez. I mean, he's okay. I mean, he was great in the playoffs two years ago, but uh, he's he's certainly he's okay. It's okay. I mean, I don't think I think they're going to finish last in that in that division. I think I, I think the Orioles might have a good year. The Orioles got a lot of good young players. They do. What else have you been picking up? You said you picked up a, some some signed baseballs. What else have you been picking up? I have coming in. It just got mailed to me. Is a Heisman, seventy-five different Heisman Trophy mini helmets signed by, <clears throat> by seventy-five different players. Wow, that's a nice one. Yeah. You're going to try to sell it as a lot, or are you going to try to sell them individual? Um, I got someone that's interested in the rarest one. It, hopefully, it's authentic. I got a, I haven't seen a scan of it. Is uh, is a Horvath, Les Horvath? That's a pretty okay. tough, uh, pretty tough mini. Uh, is, is, there, is, there an o, is there an OJ? Did you get an OJ in this mix? OJ OJ's not worth much. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him when I when I was a kid. He, I was always a big OJ Simpson fan. I used I got OJ where did I get OJ at? He I was working as a guard at Forest Hills Tennis Stadium for the one of the for this for the tennis open. And I got him and he was super nice. I helped him with his bags and he uh he signed an index card to rental James Simpson for me. That's cool. Hey, you know what? I was thinking of you. I just got this book um, in the mail. It's, you know a, a guy named Stephen Lang? Stephen Lane? 
Of course, the Mickey Mantle book he made. He wrote. Oh yeah, did you did you get a copy of the Mickey Mantle book? Because I just got it. It's really a nice book. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't uh, <clears throat> I haven't picked it up yet. <clears throat> it's really nice. It's a nice big four color book. It's it's oversized and there's ton, there's tons of memorabilia in it. What it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Well, Steve Lane is one of the foremost foremost mantle collectors, and he's an absolute sweetheart. If anybody's ever met him or dealt with him, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on the show because I'd love to talk to him about mantle and talk about to him about his collection. Um, is he a New York? He's a New York guy, right? Originally, I think he is. But he, has, um, he has, you know what? Well, you, when, you, when you get him on the show, could you get have me on with him? Oh, sure. Most definitely. You guys, you guys can swap mantle stories. I've got a few. I got a few decent ones. No, I know you do. All right, that would be great. I just, I just sent. He sent. Stephen sent me a copy of his book because I just got back from vacation, so I, I, I didn't know it was coming. And uh, I'm gonna. Try, I just reached out to him to see if I can get him on the show. But when I do get a hold of him, I will definitely get a hold of you, and we'll do it. We'll do a three-way call, okay? Actually, Steve helped me on doing some research for uh, that uh, mantle piece that I, I sold through uh, Golden. Oh, nice. Well, his, we'll, we'll, save, nice. We'll, save what it was, we'll save what it was and everything to the interview. All right, cool. Hey, how are you um, got a name of shows coming up? I'm gearing up for the Hofstra show uh, in a couple of weeks. Hopefully the weather stays nice and the people come out. I mean, I got a ton of baseballs. I've got probably the most baseballs I've had in years. I must have like four four hundred easily signed baseballs that I'll be selling at the show. Yeah, I just saw online that you had that nice um, Phil Russell and Oscar Robertson photo. That's that. That's a yeah. piece as well. That's actually in my collection. That photo, I love that picture. Yeah, I do too. Very nice, guys. Check out Les's stuff with LesWolfSportsLLC.com. He's also on, uh, he has an eBay store at uh, Sports Autographs with a Z, right? S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-U-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Z, where I have over 760 items up there now. Okay, go check it out. We got Father's Day coming up. That'd be, if you're looking for a great gift for, for a dad or uncle or, brother check those check it out check out uh les's stuff also at his website he's got all sorts of cool stuff you're not going to find anything nicer and the best part about when you buy from les is that you know it's real he's not selling you garbage you're not so if he's selling you a mickey mantle ball or mickey mantle autograph or ted williams or joe dimaggio it's it's authentic guys which is it's uh you you get a peace of mind as well right les oh absolutely and don't forget everybody has a birthday and you want to make it memorable, so make it memorable with memorabilia from Les. All right, Les. I, uh, anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, anybody have any great single sign baseballs? Hans Wagner, Cy Young. You know, look around because at that market, people are buying now, and you want to take advantage while the people are buying. And uh, I'm actively buying. All right, guys, you can check out Les at, at his website. His phone number and email is all there. But if you want, uh, you can send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. 
and I will forward uh, your information over to Les. Les is always looking for, for cool stuff to, to purchase, and if you have any single-sign baseballs, really Hall of Fame baseballs, he's certainly interested. So, uh, Les, we will we'll talk to you next week, and, and I'll let you know on how we're doing with Steve, okay? Great, and if anybody has any really good signed cards, people don't know, but I have one in a, I've got a pretty powerful single uh, signed card collection. With the number one PSA-rated 500 home run hitters on cards. Les, you've been collecting for 60 years. You have a you have a, a, some, a, a pretty awesome collection of everything. <laughs> there's no holes. There's no holes in your collection, my friend. The only hole, actually, one of the holes. Interesting, you say that, is I never went after all the baseball Hall of Famers on 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 anything. Mainly because every year some obscure guy gets in and the cut autograph on him is just crazy numbers. And also tell, you know, people out there, you got to realize now you got to be buying the Ruth and Garrick stuff because every year that, that appreciates, you know, I know we're having a lot of difficulty with banks closing and the economy bad, but remember one thing, as the economy gets bad, more and more people sink their money into memorabilia. And that's been a proven fact. That's a better investment. I mean, look 20 years ago, 30 years ago, how much a Hannes Wagner T206 card sold for, and look what it's selling for now. You know, look at yep. look at a Babe Ruth single sign baseball. You know, top baseball years ago, I think sold for maybe a hundred thousand. And now that's probably like a three, four hundred thousand dollar ball easily, a mint sign uh, Ruth ball. So that kind of stuff is not going down. You know, a Ruth car, sign card or a Garrick sign card. I have a Garrick Gowdy card that I'm looking to sell, 33 Garrick Gowdy card, PSA 6 autograph. I mean, that stuff is not going down, and it's it's a great, great, great investment. Right, look at your 401K and see how well those investments are doing. You right? Know, a, lot, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people, you know, got to realize that sports memorabilia, until before the pandemic, most people didn't realize how strong it was. Now a lot of people do, and that stuff is just not going down. I mean, just check the numbers. It's just crazy. Whereas a lot of people getting caught up on the new cards, you know, like the, the Luka Doncic or the Jay Morant and all these guys, their cards are going to go down. They're not, you know, you, you can't expect and the look Luka what happened. Doncic look what happened to Morant, right? Les, look what happened on Morant. That's uh, terrible. Vader. That's really that's really terrible. He was one of my actually favorite players to watch. I mean, the guy's yeah. electric on the court, but you never know what's going through their heads. You know, they they get. I think a lot of these younger athletes need to have financial planners or or somebody to be a, you know travel with them and keep them on the straight arrow. And a lot of teams don't do something like that. I think that's important that they they should be thinking of doing. It's one thing to have a a bodyguard makes sure that, or uh, security makes sure that they don't sign autographs at a hotel as they're approaching the bus or anything. But it's even more important to protect these guys from running around at a nightclub with a gun or someone gave them a gun. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, years ago, it, it was nuts, but not as bad as it is now. And I'm sure all these guys are getting stalked by women, stalked by a lot of people. You know, they got to really protect their finances and who they are. I mean, if you if you do a study, you, and I'm sure it's been done, that a lot of these kids that have made millions and millions of dollars after they leave sports, most of them don't have any money. Yeah, I mean, remember Antoine Walker had, had all that money, he lost it all. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot of guys like that, right? 
and uh, you and know, look at Jordan for that matter. How much money did Jordan lose uh, gambling? I mean, fortunately, he's a, bil- he's a freaking billionaire. But you know, if he wasn't a billionaire, and he lost all that money. You know, he'd he'd be in trouble. Yeah, and even a guy like Tatis, he had the they had the problems with the steroids last year. It's like you know, if you're investing in these guys, current players, uh, you don't know. It's you know, if you invest in a guy like a Lou Gehrig or a Babe Ruth or Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, they they're not going to do anything to hurt their their value. It's just gonna it's just gonna uh, increase. I mean, I tell I tell people regularly, you want to have the, the best stocks, and the best stocks are the Ruth, Gehrigs, the Mantles. Uh, certain extent, DiMaggio's, Ted Williams, Honest Wagner, Cy Young, James Naismith, uh, Niall Kinnick, for those of you who don't know who he is, John L. Sullivan, Robert Fitzsimmons, Cassius Clay. I mean, the older vintage stuff, as a lot of people don't seem to realize, is drying up. And when it does come out, you know, in an auction or in a sale, the numbers are just astronomical. You don't want to be you don't want to be caught left out from getting these guys. I mean, Ali is relatively common on certain mediums, but you get a nice signed glove or uh, a nice robe or shorts. You can never go wrong with that stuff. Yep, I, I, mean, I agree. And it's but, and it's so cool too. The, the stuff that that you have left is just so cool. Like we were talking about that Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson picture. There's not a lot of dual signed pictures of those guys hanging around, you know. Yeah, uh, I love that kind of stuff, and I'm a big Maravich guy. I've got a ton of Maravich stuff that I kept in my own collection. But stuff like that is not going down, getting harder and harder to find. And we also have a George Foreman movie coming out. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. I didn't know that. So there's going to be a Foreman movie coming out, and that's going to spike his stuff, more interest in his stuff. And Foreman is probably one of the most interesting heavyweight champions ever ever to box, you know. Down on his luck, he started that George Foreman barbecue grill that he promoted it so well that the, the company had to uh, had to hire him as one. He, he became one of the owners because he was making so yeah. much money. Exactly. All right, guys, if you have anything, uh, single sign balls, anything, you cool pictures, anything you'd like to you you you're uh, like to get an idea of how much it's worth, and if you're maybe you're interested in selling it, just so you can contact Les and go to his website. It's Les Wolf. SportsLLC.com, or you can just send me an email at tpmcast at yahoo.com, and I will send your information over to Les, and Les always follows up, and uh, he, he's always looking to, to uh, help uh, help you out and, and uh, you know maybe take it off your hands. All right, Les? Sounds good, and don't forget, collect, invest, protect, and preserve your memorabilia. By the way, Jeff, I've been getting a bunch of calls and emails from people that didn't uh, send you information, but they ask me questions about how to protect their collection and how to get stuff signed and what to do with them. And keep those those good things coming in. I don't make any money on that. I'm happy to help you because the, the collectible that you save now, 50 years, 100 years from now, may be someone else's most cherished item in their collection. So just remember that. That's right. All right, but thank you. You have a great day. Uh, enjoy seeing your clients and uh, getting rid of a couple of cool balls. And uh, we will talk to you next week, all right? Sounds great. Have a good week. Take care. Be well, everybody. Thanks. All right. You too. Be good. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Drew, I don't know if there's anyone happier in the world that Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet than Les Wolf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not too surprised. I mean, it's, you know, a big name right there. And 
yeah, I think he's going to serve as an excellent, uh, excellent tutor there to their uh, young quarterback that they've got uh, that they just drafted a couple of years ago. Well, I served this up to less, and I'm going to ask you you as well because I'm interested in your, your take. Is will Aaron Rodgers be the best quarterback that ever played for the New York Jets? Ooh, I would say yes. I because I mean, you look at Joe Namath's stats, and it's like I mean, he made his entire career on Super Bowl three. Aside from that. He was a very average quarterback I in, agree. in terms of the numbers there. So, yeah, I would say that Aaron Rodgers, probably the best, because I would say Roger, Rodgers is slightly better than Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, Brett Favre, when he played for them, he was not he was not Brett Favre, right? Right, but, I mean, you could see the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. This may not be – this. he's not going to be the Aaron Rodgers of 2010, that's for sure. I think Aaron Rodgers is still playing at pretty close to peak performance, though. Yeah, I, he's definitely, definitely higher, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I – He's I mean, not, I think he's not the original O'Brien and still, Richard I think he's still Todd better, but, and yeah, I don't know all the Vinny Testaverde and like mm-hmm. they, they had so many of these guys. Matt I think Leinard had Chad Pennington and, had Chad Pennington been able to stay healthy, he probably he would have a good chance of being number one. I agree. He was he was really good. He he yeah. was really good. Uh, Boomer Sias and I mean they've had guys right. They've had named guys, but mm-hmm. um, I think he I think well, all said and done, I think he will be the best. Uh, that they've ever had and yeah. do you think he will lead, lead them to the playoffs yes i think okay i don't know if he leads them to the playoffs but they get to the playoffs with him i agree i, I mean that's, they, that's, uh, yeah I, I i they could easily win 10 or 11 games this year yeah so interesting well hope you th- hope you enjoyed my my uh time with less we will have less on in uh two weeks i believe because we're gonna have clemente next week uh now next up ready it's time for collector's corner collector's corners we we, we it's kind of a, a segment that we've had on and off but we've, we've kind of brought it to its own full segment on the show um this week we talked with sean smith sean smith is the new general manager of fenway south that's JetBlue park he is handling all the operations uh down in fenway uh, south for the red sox i met sean when i was down in spring training and he was just sit- sitting around kind of overseeing every- everything we started talking and uh sean is a collector a big collector he has the biggest mickey rivers collection out of anyone i know in terms of he's a super mickey rivers collector we talked to sean about his passion uh, for collecting mickey rivers stuff we also talked to sean about his new position with the red sox so please enjoy my interview with sean smith and now it's time for collector's corner let's hear from our collector this week all right, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We have a very special collector today. We have Sean Smith. Sean is the brand new general manager of Florida operations in JetBlue Park at Fenway South for the Boston Red Sox. He was former GM for the Lowell Spinners. They are out of Lowell, they were out of Lowell, Massachusetts. He was GM for the Manchester Fisher Cats up in New Hampshire. He spent nine years in the NBA. He went to Purdue and Syracuse. We'll talk, maybe we'll talk a little Orange Men, a little NCA. But for the purposes of our call today, Sean is the biggest Mickey Rivers super collector out there. That's right, guys. I said Mickey Rivers, not Mickey Mantle, Mickey Rivers. He is the biggest Mickey Mantle, Mickey Rivers super collector out there. He has more than 500 Mickey Rivers pieces. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Jeff. I know it, it sounds uh, a little strange to hear those words out of someone else's mouth other than my own about my Mickey Rivers collection. <laughs> 
you know what? I'm not even going to ask you why, all right? Because we all collect for weird reasons, right? I'm just going to ask you, you, how did you get involved in collecting? Who who brought you into collecting? Was it, uh, you know, did your dad buy you cards? Did you, you go to the game and start getting autographs? How did you, you, you first become a collector? Yeah, well, again, the only thing I collect is, is Mickey Rivers mem- memorabilia. And I know, and that's, that's why we like you. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really collect anything else. And my dad, when my dad was alive, he would collect uh, baseball cards for players by the last name of Smith. You know, there haven't been, been many greats by the last name of Smith. So my dad had a nice big baseball card collection of, of just regular players. Um, but when I was a kid, um, when we'd watch the Yankee games on TV, <clears throat> Mickey Rivers, I just liked the way he hustled, the way he smiled. Um, I called him, I used to call him Ricky Mivers, my dad said. <laughs> And I just thought that he embodied on the field, embodied the joy of the game. <clears throat> and there's just something about him, the way that he would walk to the plate like an old man and then take off right out of the box and hustle the way he'd steal bases and slap base hits. And as a kid, I just thought that was a lot of fun. Do you have a favorite Mickey Rivers? Is, the, is it the California Angels Mickey Rivers, the New York Yankees Mickey Rivers, or the Texas Rangers Mickey Rivers? Well, it's kind of a blend, really, because... Um, he really started to rise to prominence in 75, which he led the American League to sold bases at 70 in 1975. And there wasn't really much around him in that on that ball club. Yep. So when George Steinbrenner made the move to acquire he and Ed Figueroa, uh, I think th- that was a key trade in rebuilding the Yankee dynasty that had gone away for quite some time, right? Since Mickey Mantle had, had retired. And when Mickey came in in 76, he arguably had the best year of his career. He finished third in American League MVP voting. Thurman Munson was the MVP. Um, but Mickey also had a great year in 1980 with the Texas Rangers, his full, first full year as a Ranger. But, you know, the three full seasons that Mick played with the Yankees, they went to three World Series. You know, they, they got swept by the Reds in 76, but then back-to-back against the Dodgers. And Mickey's performances in the ALCS and in the World Series uh, the two World Series against the Dodgers were among the best they'd had in history to that point. Uh, interestingly enough, though, in 1975, I think Pete Rose did a great job of shutting Mickey's short game down by playing very close up um, to the plate when Mickey would come up to bat when Pete Rose was playing third. And uh, I think just visually, it had an impact on Mickey when he was up to bat because no one really challenged him like that before. But hey, the Reds were a heck of a team. It wasn't just uh, that. Yeah, that, that was a great team, wasn't it? Yeah, that was an unbelievable team. Well, I know you have a, a, a soft spot and a, and a great story about the Mickey Rivers 1976 Tops traded card. Yeah, yeah. Can you, you know, share so that I, with us? I mean, I've got all sorts of bizarre items in my collection, but one of the most cherished items I have is my very first card of his, which is the 1976 Tops traded. And, you know, those ones that look like a ripped newspaper on the bottom that says Mick the Quick traded the Yanks. And when we were kids, we'd all get together during the summertime and one guy would create a treasure map of when we get like these old butter containers and we'd put in stuff that was valuable. So everyone's putting in like, you know, their watches or their Super Bowls or whatever was important to them. And I hadn't contributed anything. So the guys are like, you have to contribute something that's valuable to you. So I took my 1976 traded Mickey Rivers card and I ripped it in half and put it in there in that butter container. And then our friend goes and buries it and creates this treasure map. And I can see it like, just as it's happening right now, where we found the treasure buried in the bushes by this guy's house. And when we dug it up, I was the person to bring it up out of the ground and open it. And right on top was that river's card. And I immediately took it home, took some scotch tape and taped it back together. 
and I still have that card to this day and I have it pressed in a, you know, in a seal. Um, but it looks just like it did when I pulled it out of that, that little treasure box that we buried. You know, that's what collecting is about for me, uh, Sean, it, you know, the, these PSA tens and putting cards in, in holders and the whole nine yards. I just remember, you know, flipping cards with my brother and trading cards with my friends and, just you know, cards were, were part of our life, but it wasn't it wasn't something we wanted to put in a museum, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and that same year, I ended up after the fact getting the regular '76 card, which was him with the Angels, and uh, I wrote on it Yankees up in the upper right hand <laughs> corner. You know, because like when you're kids, you're not thinking about the value; you're thinking about just the the immediate gratification. Um, and I still have that somewhere in my collection that that card too. Now I know to acquire more than 500 Mickey Rivers items, you, you have to go deep, right? You're not you're oh. not just talking about cards and, and, and uniforms. You go you go very deep. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you give us a detail of some of the, the kind of oddball stuff that you've acquired and maybe maybe how you acquired some of the you know your your favorite things? So I'll share with you one thing. So here in my office, I only have one piece of Mickey Rivers memorabilia, and this is a glove here. It's a store model glove, an adult size store model glove made by Rawlings. And it is brand new, never been used. Um, I have a lot of the kids' model gloves, the PG44s that are small and like plasticky on the outside. Yeah. But this is a Rollings 8526. It's like a legit glove. Smells legit, looks great. And I keep it in a little case here like this that I just keep on a little table in my office. Um, so I have it there just to remind me. And it just looks like a prop more than it does an obsession. Um, but some of the items that I do have, you know, I've got, what do you got there? Who is that? Robin Yout. There you go. So you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So I have um, dozens and dozens of bats, game used bats from everything from Angels eras to Yankees era, um, and a lot from the Texas era. I have presentation bats from the World Series, from the 1976 All Star Game. I have a lot of jerseys. Sean, how'd you get some of the game used bats? Did you did you uh, just pick up on the secondary market? Did yeah, you yeah. And, and there's some of the stuff I got from Mickey directly over the years and, and from um, his wife, um, Cookie. And I've known them. And, and look, you know, sometimes people want to know their favorite player. And I do know Mick, but it's not of great importance for me to be in his life, right? Or to have him be in mine. Uh, I have a good relationship with his wife. Um, but for me, it's nice to have that connection to say hello or happy birthday or how are things going up in New York this time of year. But I don't need to feel like, oh, my God, I know him. That, that's not what this is about for me. What this is about is making me feel like a kid, I think, which is like the deep root of all of us and why we on some of us and why we collect. And um, so like the jerseys that I have, you know, Angels, I have a couple of Yankees jerseys. I have. Oh, did you pick up an Angels jersey finally? Yeah. Yeah. I do have an Angels jersey. I have a couple of them, actually. Uh, and then, you know, again, like plenty of bats. I don't have a helmet. I have a few pairs of spikes with the Yankees and also the Rangers. Um, I have batting gloves from his time with the Angels and also with the Rangers. I have some very unique, like, gifts that were given to him. Certainly a lot of stuff focusing around the 76 All-Star game, which surprisingly was the only All-Star game that he played. Um, but some of the more unique items, I have his high school yearbook from his senior yep. year. How did you get State. that? Because, you know, you know, I had Tony on last week and I talked to him about yeah. his quest to get Carlton Fisk's uh, yearbook it was really difficult. Yeah, and like, I was How did you get Mickey's yearbook? Well, I was texting Tony last night because after our game, I went to grab a bite to eat and I was seated next to a couple 
from New Hampshire whose parents were best friends with Carlton Fisk's parents. Oh, he must have been green with it. So I immediately text Tony and I they exchange numbers and now Tony can take his brand of insanity directly <laughs> to uh, and apparently these people I had met their mother I think is Carlton Fisk's godmother. Just like a random wow. connection. So um the the way I got Mickey's high school yearbook, his senior yearbook, which is actually his, I got it from his family a long, long time ago. I also have his high school diploma, <laughs> which actually you need, you, you need to be checked. Yeah, like I, I don't even know where my own high school diploma is, but I know where Mickey Rivers' high school diploma is. Uh, I have stuff from like his varsity letters that he won at Miami Dade Junior College, where he played for a couple of years. Um, I actually have a list that I'd got from him of Mickey, excuse me, of Billy Martin's unwritten team rules that you would get fined for. Oh, that's cool. And it's just an interesting, it's just a piece of paper, like a typed up mimeograph piece of paper that would be on the wall in the clubhouse. And Did you frame things, that? I hope you frame that. And have yeah, it I have it in the top loader. I have it in a top loader. Oh, um, that deserves to be framed on a wall someplace. It, it, and it doesn't look anything special. You know, it's not like it's on Yankee letterhead. Or I know, but that's that's why it's good, Sean, because it isn't special. But you, you, you know, people look at it. You should put that in your office. That's it, yeah, that's it's, awesome. it's really unique. Yeah, well, some of the language on there, I don't think I want people to read because <laughs> um, it was Billy Martin's flair. Um, but just like some unique items like that. And I also have some Mickey was in the service. Um, he was in the Army. So I have some pictures of him with the Army. And then when he was playing for the Angels, to, to be able to fulfill his military service in a very strange transaction, he was his service was transferred from the Army to the Air Force. So he could serve his time in the National Guard while he played for the Angels. They transferred him to the Air Force. Oh, that's interesting. So I actually have not the original paperwork, but I have photocopy of the paperwork from where he was transferred from one branch to the other. And then also... Um, uh, photographs, or excuse me, copies of his honorable discharge when he had fulfilled his military um, um, uh, commitment. I also have one of his military outfits when he was with the Air Force, has his name and says U.S. Air Force. Yet the pictures that I have are all with the United States Army. Um, so Mick is a vet, and that's kind of a neat uh, thing to be able to, to connect with uh, part of the, the military history of our country, too, with, with some of the great baseball players that obviously served in the military and lost some of their best years of their career. You know, um, I know you've spent you spent a couple times with Mickey. Uh, one of them was touring the Hall of Fame. Um, what, can you share share what that was like? And uh, is there any highlights from that? Yeah, oh, that, that's a funny story. So I, I was just a kid. I was my first year as a general manager of baseball was in the Astros organization. This is way back in 1994. And Mick had never been to the Hall of Fame. So I was working in Auburn, New York. He came up for an event we were doing, and we made the couple-hour drive down to Cooperstown. Now, Mickey has only been in very few team pictures. He was in one team picture with the Angels. He was in the 1976 All-Star Game team picture. And he was in the 1979 team picture with the uh, Rangers after he was traded. Uh, oh, so he never made a Yankees team picture? No, nope. There's a lot of team pictures he didn't make. So he's only ever been in three team pictures. And um, so remember, he was traded on July 31st of 1979. Thurman Munson passed away a couple of days later, August 2nd. So Mickey and Sparky Lyre were, were both members of that team in, uh, in the Rangers in 1979. In the team picture, uh, Sparky and Mickey have their arms around each other in the team picture like little kids, which is That's unusual. Me. But when Mickey and I went to the Hall of Fame, we were there in the evening and it's just as it was getting ready to close. And at the time, there was a part of the museum that showcased all the different World Series teams. 
and they still have the World Series rings on display. And I remember we were looking in the case and Mickey was looking at the 77 and 78 rings. And here there were these team photographs from all the all-star or all the um, uh, World Series winners. Knowing that Mickey wasn't in the 77 or 78 pictures, a fan came up and said, aren't you Mickey Rivers? And Mick was like, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> and I said to the fan, I go, well, let's take a look at the team pictures here. If it is Mickey Rivers, we'd be able to see him in the team pictures. So we were going and looking and they were looking back at Mick and they said, oh, I'm sorry. We thought it was you. Obviously, it's not you. And That's the team funny. pictures didn't have the players listed because they clearly, when you look at the pictures like online, it says not picture Mickey Rivers. And he looked at me, he goes, that was good. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but just like one of those weird nuances that like only I would know. I didn't even think Mickey was aware that he hasn't been in that many team pictures. That's really cool. Now, I, I you have to tell me about this shrimp eating contest that you were in with him. Yeah. So during that during that same trip, we were down in Oneonta, New York, and we stopped at a restaurant and it had all you can eat shrimp, like the peel and eat. And Mickey's like, I love shrimp. I said, I love shrimp, too. So as the young kid, I was getting a chance to hang out with this guy. Um, I had challenged him to a foot race earlier in the day <laughs> at the ballpark, and he took his shoes off and was ready to run. And, you know, this was, you know, he'd only been out of baseball. If you count the, the men's senior professionally, he'd only been out of baseball four years. And I was eager to race him. And then when I saw him, he's like in a suit and takes his shoes off and says, let's go. And I was like, no, that's okay. I don't want to get beat by a guy in a suit. So um, we kind of had that little competitive spirit that day. And then that evening when we went to, for the shrimp, for, to get shrimp, we just kept eating plates and plates and plates of it. And I eventually tapped out and Mickey kept going and he beat me in the shrimp eating contest. That's funny. That's very funny. I know you have, you have so many uh, Rivers items. Um, I'm just going to go back to the cards, the tops cards. Do you have a favorite Mickey Rivers tops card that, that you really like? Yeah, I think the 1982, the the because there was 82 regular and then the inaction card. The 1982 card where he's just throwing up, smile on his face. It's probably a spring training picture and he's playing catch. Um, he looks so young, looks so energetic. That's my favorite card of him. And then my second favorite would be that 1976 Tops trading card, just because of the meaning on that. But the 82 Tops, I love. Did you get to see him play in person at all? Because he was he was kind of you were kind of no, young. He... No, I never saw him play in person. Um, when he was with the Rangers, I wrote a letter to Howard Mandel, not Howie Mandel, the comedian, but Howard Mandel, who used to be the city attorney for Montgomery, Alabama. Howard Mandel represented Mickey. He also represented the late Oscar Gamble. Um, mm -hmm. He took over representation for Mick after. Uh, Mickey's agent was Nick Bonacani. So for those of you that don't know, Nick Bonacani had many different iterations of his life. And, uh, and Nick, Nick went to law school while he was playing for the Dolphins and had a very successful corporate business career. Right. Um, you got to so remember, he started with the Patriots. He was he was a Boston Patriot. He was, that's right. He was a Boston Patriot. And so then he became a sports agent. And when sports agents were really just occurring and Mick uh, was one of his first clients. So after they made that transition, so Howard Mandel was the person I had written to. And here I was like in junior high school and I have all those letters, the responses that Howard Mandel sent to me. And then years, years later, Howard retired. And it must've been like the early 2000s when we were all starting to get on the internet and start to learn how to connect with people. And I called him at his office. He was practicing law in Montgomery and he clearly remembered who I was, right? <laughs> He's like, you're the only person that ever wrote me about trying to obtain Mickey Rivers items. And he wrote me back three different times, took the time to write me back, and I still have those in my collection too. 
does does Mickey's family just shake their head like what you know what what are you doing here kid yeah so um when I had a chance to to meet his late mother Susie who she and I actually believe share the same birthday um I believe that's correct when I met with went and met with him in Miami I had planned this visit ahead of time and it ended up being spur of the moment to go down to see him and when I went into their neighborhood and into their home there were so many people there to greet me it was crazy That's because like, I guess Mick had said something to them about me and be nice to me. And um, here I was going into their home and they had all these different things laid out and, and, I, and I was able to purchase all those items, but then I had to get them back on the plane. And he won the minor league double A batter of the year award. I forget the name of the award, but it's got a bat on it. And it was when he was with the El Paso Sun Kings in double A. And it's this big gigantic plaque with a, it, which is bigger than a bat. Yeah. So here, here I was like, how am I going to get this back on the plane? And I had other bats and stuff. And surprisingly, um, the um, the airline was, it was Southwest at the time that I flew, was very cordial. I had bags big enough to fit it in there. And I just kind of held my breath and hoped everything would be okay. And, and, and it was. That's very cool. Mickey Rivers is, has that... Um... Yogi Barisms, right? That was one of the yeah, things that yeah. made made him adored by fans. I think is is his quirkiness. Do you yeah. have a, a famous Mickey Rivers quote? Well, I'll tell you, it's hard to pick one. So if you go on my website, MickeyRivers.com, oh surprise, surprise, he owns MickeyRivers.com, yeah, and, and it's a fan site. It's not a commerce site. I've had the site since two thousand, um, and uh, again, it's not not a commerce site. It's just a fan celebratory site. And if you go on there, there's a whole section of quotes and there's so many different things. Um, but I would probably have to isolate it where there was a time after a game when Reggie Jackson was struggling. And this is when they played with, with the Yankees together. And I guess Reggie was always quotable, right? The media always knew they could go to him sure. and have something to say. And Reggie, the story goes, was struggling and they were interviewing Mickey. And Reggie's very well educated, went to Arizona State. Um, and, you know, he did TV broadcasting and, and was very eloquent. Um, Mick didn't have the same sort of background, same sort of upbringing and, and background, educational background. And Reggie made the slight to him while he was talking to the media. He said to Mickey, why don't you learn how to read and write? Which was very offensive, right? Yeah, did he? And Mick said in front of the media, why don't you stop reading and writing and start hitting? <laughs> so the media then shifted over to Reggie after that quote. And, and to me, it, it, like not only is it funny, I think it's also um, a little unkind that that was said about Mick, yeah. uh, allegedly, in that sort of environment. And I thought it was also interesting how Mickey stood up for himself um, in that environment when Reggie was the one that got all the fanfare. But um, I think Mick or any other guy associated with that team would be the first to tell you that those were Thurman's teams. And Mickey was very, very close to Thurman, as I've learned. I don't know firsthand, but was very close to Thurman. And Thurman was very protective of Mickey, from what I understand. That's very neat. Um, you know what? Do you have a uh, a something that you really want to get a Mickey Rivers collectible that you don't have that you really want to get? Um, I would say probably not at this point. Um, I'm always on the lookout for things. Don't get me wrong, and you know, looking for uh, whether they are prototype cards or things like that. The the one there was a couple things that were my white whales, and I was able to to get both of those. One of them was the 1984. Um, alternate jersey. So when the Rangers wore these red jerseys, they were yeah. very few on, on Sunday games. I was able to acquire one of those over 20 years ago. Uh, that was pretty cool. But 
um, when Mickey was traded to the Yankees on July 31st, 1979, Oscar Gamble was also a member of the Rangers. Oscar wore 17. That was always Mickey's number. Uh, I shouldn't say always because he wore five when he came up with the Yankees. But right, I remember him as five. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was. He was number seventeen for a couple of years with the Angels, and certainly his whole time with the Yankees. And when he went over, and you always hear now about how players will buy their number from somebody or sure. they trade something or give them a car. So when Mickey went there, I don't know. He didn't have any plans to have seventeen. He actually wore eighteen. He wore eighteen for three games, and there was a photograph in Sporting News of him on deck looking over his shoulder. You can see the eight side of the eight. And I also have uh, an article that documents that he wore number 18 for those three games. Then that trade was, uh, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn had issues with that trade. So to make that trade, because really the Rangers really made out. The Rangers made out much better than the Yankees did. And the commissioner's office felt that that was unfair, interestingly enough. So they shipped Oscar Gamble to the Yankees. So Gamble goes to the Yankees and takes 17. So 17 was open with the Yankee, or with the Rangers. So after those three games, Mickey switched to 17. So now what I have is the jersey that Burt Campanaris wore was number 19. And Burt Campanaris and Mickey were the same size, which was jersey size 40. So the Campanaris 19, the name was taken off, which yep. you can see the glue marks that says Campanaris if you hold it up to the light. The Campanaris 19 was removed, except for the one. Campanaris was removed. The nine was removed, replaced with Rivers, and then the seven for 17. So that jersey was Burt Campanaris's 19 and Mickey Rivers's 17. So, um, and, and, and um, I'm sorry, it was also, I left the part out, you can see the residue from the 18. So it was three different jerseys. Three different jerseys. Campanaris is 19, Mickey's 18, and Mickey's 17. So collectors nowadays would say, oh, well, that jersey was tampered with, or it's a number change, and they'd find some ways to devalue that. To me, that's priceless. Yeah, because you have the history of this shirt. History. Yeah, and, and I got that um, from the late Joe Macko, who Joe was the longtime clubhouse manager of the Texas Rangers. Um, and when Joe started to um, sell off his collection before, I don't know if Mastro or somebody took the big parts of his collection, um, Joe actually gave that to me. Um, which was which was nice. And when he said, well, I've got this jersey um, and it's a two button neck. And I was like, he says, I'll let you have it. And he sent it to me. And when I opened the box, I jumped up in the air and almost threw my arm. Like, yeah, <laughs> when I realized what it was. And again, you know, the collectors were, and certainly the sellers would say, oh, this is devalued because of this, this and this. Um, but to me, it's not devalued. It's, it certainly is a one of a kind or three of a kind, right? Three yeah, that, that's kind. outstanding. We're speaking with Sean Smith. Sean is a super Mickey Rivers collector, and we've talked to him about his passion for Mickey Rivers, the time that he's met with Mickey Rivers, all the cards and uh, memorabilia that he has. Sean, Sean has also uh, started a new position uh, in January, I believe. Right. He is general manager of the Florida operations in JetBlue Park at Fenway South. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox. And Sean is down at spring training right now, and we're taking a few minutes during his busy time. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Sean Sean also worked for the Lowell Spinners and the Manchester Fisher Cats, as well as the NBA. And he went to Purdue and Syracuse. And we'll talk a little, we'll, we'll talk a, a five-second uh, NCAA when, <laughs> after we, we talk about the job. Uh, you know, you've been on the job for a couple months now. Uh, what has surprised you most? Uh, you know, you, you kind of jumped into a new position. Um, and I'm sure it's, it's just been kind of a culture shock, no? 
Um, well, the, I think there's two things that have surprised me. Um, this is the hottest it's ever been on record in Florida in the month. Oh, of it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, I love it. And then it. also in March, you know, we achieved 90 degrees for the first time, the earliest, for, um, the earliest time in history for recorded weather history in Florida. So that's been a big adjustment. I didn't expect it to be like today. It's 92. I didn't expect that. So that's an adjustment this early in the year. Um, and then the other surprise was um, how wonderful our staff is here. You come to JetBlue Park. Everyone that you see are staff members that are wearing light blue shirts, red shirts, white shirts. They are all so happy to be here. They care for our fans. They care for one another. It's uplifting to come to a game here. And you know, I've heard good things about, you know, obviously friendly Fenway Park. And I've been there many times. And uh, the commitment that we have in the Boston Red Sox of winning a world championship, which we're on the journey to our 10th world championship, and also creating everlasting memories for our fans. And both of those take a great deal of hard work. And my responsibilities are to put our players and our coaching and medical staff in position to do their jobs. Um, I don't do those sorts of jobs, but there's a lot of things that I have helped them with behind the scenes to put them in position to succeed. Um, so that's rewarding when you know that you don't hear anything from everybody because they're all set to do their job. That's deeply rewarding. But on the side of creating everlasting memories, it's infectious when you're here. Everyone is so happy to be here. It's a great sense of community. I think a lot of it too has to do with not only them being great people, but also the past three years have been unusual. COVID, coming out of COVID yeah. and lockout. Everyone is so thrilled to be here. You see hugs and handshakes and high fives and fist bumps. And the way that our fans are taking care of people that are having difficulty dealing with the heat, um, watching, being on the lookout for each other dealing with the heat. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's our fans, our, our staff in Lowell was incredible, but down here, it's, it's, I, I can't even bring it to words how great it is to work with these folks. Are you surprised at the, um, the love that the Red Sox have in terms of the amount of people that just go to watch practice? It's not even a game you get on there and there's yeah. hundreds of thousands of people just watching practice, you know? Yeah, and, and what I've learned with that, Jeff, is everybody's a scout, right? Everybody, I'm like, even you and I, like, we all have our opinions, like, could this guy do this? Or if this happens, or why is this guy playing this position and not that position? That's the beauty of baseball, right? Like, none of us know what we're talking about, um, but we think we know what we're talking yep. about. And that just helped perpetuates the love. And when you see people here on the backfields, and they're looking like this, right? They're taking their pictures and they're chatting with one another. Is this player going to be able to do this? You know, can Yoshida cut it in America like he did in Japan? Like, you know, we never know. And that's the beauty of spring training is that hope springs, hope springs eternal. And uh, everyone is starting the season at the same point with the goal of winning the World Series. Are you a little um, starstruck at times? I know you and I were down, we were down at one of the fields, uh, you, you know, just talking and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to go. I got to take Pedro Martinez back to, back to the, oh, that's, that's right. the dugout, uh, you know, you know, seeing Pedro and Jim Rice and, and Dwight Evans and, and all these great guys that, you know, that were, were great to the game. Right yeah. There. Um, I mean, believe it or not, they're people just like the rest of us, right? Oh, I know. And they care about things just like the rest of us care about. Um, I've known Pedro tangentially for years and Jim Rice a lot for a long time, certainly with my time with the spinners. Um, they're good guys. Like, I don't talk to them about baseball. So I don't have that baseball sort of awe for them. Look, I'm yeah. well aware of what these guys have done. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I look at them more as, as people and what their needs are as people. Like Louis Tian is very important to me. 
Um, I care about Louis a great deal as a person. Um, I know he's done wonderful things as, as a player, but I view Louis as a friend and someone that it's important for us to, to, to care for. The only time I've ever been starstruck in my life, and you'll get a kick out of this because it has New England connections. Uh, so like when I worked for the NBA, you know, part of my job at certain times of the year, we're around players all the time. They're gigantic human beings, um, but they're people nonetheless. I was able to make a connection with Jerry Wet, or excuse me, with Rick Barry um, in a way that no one else was able to because Rick was a great high school baseball player. He pitched and played first. So the first time I met him, he was doing an event for us and he was a little bit distracted because he had other things in his mind. And I started talking to him about when he played ball in high school. He was like, how did you know I played baseball? And baseball was his first love. So Rick and I never talked baseball, or excuse me, basketball. We, we would talk baseball. And then when he would see me thereafter, he knew that I was there for something for business related, but I wasn't there to be an ooh and awe of him. But again, the one time I was an ooh and awe was I was in Lowell and we were doing uh, a celebration of Olympians and Dave Silk was coming up. Through. Oh, sure. So Dave Silk on the 1980 Olympic team, which to this day is the most impactful sports moment of my life. And I was nine years old when it happened. And I'm on you know, a couple of Facebook groups about uh, the 1980 Olympic team. And, and it just gives me chills to, to read and still see those things. But when Dave Silk came into the dugout and I was going to walk him up to the mound for the first pitch, I got so excited. And I walked up to him and introduced myself. And I said to him, I go, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, I have goosebumps from your goosebumps. <laughs> and he said, he immediately flipped it to me. He goes, tell me, where were you when it happened? And I was like, I was nine years old <laughs> with my parents. We didn't know it was tape delay. Mom was in the kitchen cooking and dad and I were in the family room and we were all jumping up and down together, screaming, yelling at the TV. And he said to me, you know, and this was a long time ago. He says, he goes, you know, we were just kids. He said, I still don't have a full understanding for what we did. And I have to hear what it means to other people. He goes, because we were hockey players playing hockey, but I'll never understand how much it meant to so many people. Yeah, I've, I've had I've had a Ruzioni on a couple of times and he was just like that. He was really, really great to talk to. And, um, you know, they were kids. They were definitely they were they were kids. And I think, you know, part of yeah. them hasn't grown up because it was it was such a momentous event, you know. Yeah. Moment. And then, you know, when Herb Brooks passed away in the car accident and then was, I think it was Pavlish that passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, when those guys fall ill or pass away, I think a part of us dies, too. And, you know, you, you can certainly say that, you know, for people that were Yankee fans and when Derek Jeter retires or when Big Poppy retired or now Tom Brady retires that, you know, people our age are like, Ugh. we feel like now we're getting old and we were all cheering for Tom Brady because he made us feel like we could still do it. But there's just something special about that 80 Olympic team that when you see them get older or you see them become ill, um, like they're forever young to us. Yep. Do you have any memorabilia from the 80 team? Is that something you collected at all? Um, I have a, a puck signed by Ruzioni. Um, that says 80 gold on it um, that someone had given to me. Um, but no, I, you know, the, the memories I have of that, like is or the joy I get from that is watching what other people have in their collections. You know, I know you feel like you're cheating on Mickey. If you go anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there I, I've met a couple other people that are Mickey rivers fans and Mickey rivers collectors. Uh, no one has, I, I can comfortably say that when I pass from this earth, no one will have a more complete collection on this planet of Mickey Rivers memorabilia than I do. Now, people may have more valuable things. 
Right. Now, someone right. will have his World Series ring that's more valuable than all my collection altogether. But my the depth of my collection uh, will never be surpassed. Now, are you like Tony? Have you started the ticket stub? No, no, no. So I have a couple key stubs. Um, but I'll give you like one example of why I haven't gone down that trail of going after key milestones of like his first stolen base or his first base hit or his first Yankee game, blah, blah, blah. His last game ever was um, they got no hit by Mike Witt with the Angels. Sure, the Angels, yeah. So there are people out there that collect no hitters and they pay big money. And there are people that collect World Series tickets, right? And they pay big money. Like I'm not paying big money. So I thought it'd be neat to have ticket stubs from his first game as an angel, last game as an angel, first game in Yankee, last game, first game, last game. And then when I first found Tony warned me, he goes, you better be careful when you look at those no hitters, people are paying five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for a ticket stub. I'm like, I'm not doing that because I'm just going to throw in a box. Uh, you know, Tony has a very unique obsession. Um, but yeah, yeah least, you can say that again. <laughs> but at least, but at least, at least Tony's collection has um, value to the masses. Yeah. Uh, insanity and his insanity as well you yeah. guys if you haven't listened to my interview with tony uh you gotta listen to this tony swan I, we we did it last week and he is a huge carlton fist collector and what tony is, has done is he's got uh 2000 well, 300 and something ticket stubs out of the 2499 games or something he's he, i know he needs 41 my my mouth's horrible he needs 41 more tickets to have every ticket yeah yeah to have a ticket from every single game carlton fisk is yeah and, you know, when you you watch, when you interview Tony, Tony's a wonderful guy. I've known him for over 20 years. Um, very mild-mannered, polite, respectful. Um, he, too, doesn't need to be in Carlton Fisk's sphere of influence. Right. Um, I think Tony would probably tell you, Tony's never even worn a baseball jersey. He he does, He's not, like, obsessed like that as a fan. Like, he has Fisk jerseys, but he's not, like, going to the sports bar and wearing them or going to a collectible show and wearing them. He's a wonderfully polite, mild-mannered, great friend. Um, who we're both uh, have a very unique <laughs> in our brains for collecting players. You, got, you guys are awesome. I, we, that's why I love talking to you guys because you have such a passion for it. All right, one last question. I, you know, I've kept you over, so I really appreciate your time. Okay. Today I, I know you're busy. Uh, Syracuse, what are we doing in the tournament? Well, I'm I'm a boilermaker at heart, so I went there okay. for that, and you know, so I always joke that I I um, bleed golden black, but I wear orange and blue. And what I mean by that is my career has been more influenced by Syracuse because there's a lot of Syracuse people in professional sports and certainly yeah. broadcasting. Um, so the connections I've had from the Newhouse School um, pretty much are part of my everyday life. Um, Syracuse has been tough. It's been a tough road this year, but my Boilermakers are sitting number five in the country right now. We've had a tough stretch the past three weeks. We'll see how we end up doing in the Big Ten tournament. Um, it's always tough in the tournament. We won our 20th. Yeah, they had a tough game against Indiana, right? Two tough games against Indiana. Yeah. We won our 25th Big Ten championship. Uh, we haven't been to the Final Four since 1980, who UCLA took us out. We haven't been to the national championship game since 1969, where UCLA took us out. And we haven't won a national championship since 1934. And a few years ago in the Elite Eight, you know, Virginia had a shot at the buzzer to send it into overtime that beats us in overtime. And I was so frustrated, I wasn't even upset. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. <laughs> we just find ways to break I went pumps. to I went to UMass, UMass Amherst. So I I was the, you know, I had the Calipari era. That was our, our, our big run. And uh, I miss it. I miss that when the, the team is uh, yeah. you know, nurseworthy, yeah. you know. But like, you know, being a Purdue fan is similar to being a Red Sox fan prior to 2004. You know, you had 46, 67, 75, 78, 86, 2003, just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. So I'm I'm waiting for 
our Boilermakers version of 2004 to, to propel us forward like the Red Sox. Very cool. All right, guys, check it out. It's MickeyRivers.com. You can go check it out. All of uh, it's, it's just a fan site of all the stuff that uh, Sean loves about Mickey Rivers. Sean Smith, he is the new general manager of the Florida operations for JetBlue Park at Fenway South. I want to wish him the best of luck in his new job. When you get your new house, make sure you have a room for your Mickey Rivers. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be displaying my glove and that'll be about it. <laughs> I get one room. You can see my one room. I, my, my wife gives me one room, but that's it. I want I want a whole house. Nice, nice. Well, thank All you, right, my you friend. Know. Thank I'll, you very I'll, much. I'll see you. I'll see you. Drew, isn't it interesting how people gravitate to one player or another for for whatever reason it is? I mean, you obviously you you got you're you're a Corey Snyder guy because you you grew grew up a, a Indians fan. I love uh, Fred Lynn. Fred Lynn's my guy, so I try to pick up anything Fred Lynn. And Sean Smith just he he picked Mickey Rivers. Guys pick pick guys for different reasons and. John Smith became Mickey Rivers guy and some guys just take it to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's always interesting. Just, I mean, especially when people, cause I mean, a guy like Ken Griffey jr. Anybody can get into collecting him because he's a big name star, Jose Canseco, anybody like that. It's when you get these guys that, you know, were kind of the minor stars like Mickey Rivers, the fringe guys like Corey Snyder. To me, those have a far more interesting story than somebody who goes out and collects like everything Griffey, Jordan, Gretzky, somebody like that. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed my uh, time talk with Sean. He was he was a, a great guest, and I'm sure we'll have him back on the show um, to talk maybe a little about his his time dealings with you know his job with the Red Sox. And um, he he he's a, a a very passionate collector, so it was nice to talk to passionate collectors. Hey, if you want to be on the show, we're always looking to talk to collectors, right, Drew? Guys, you, do, you don't necessarily have to have. Uh, you know, the, the, the $10 million collection, if there's some guy that you, uh, something you collect or something that you're really interested in, you're passionate about, we'd love to have you on the show. Just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll get you on. All right, Drew, next up is making the grade. Making the grade. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Trying to get my own echo in there, but just I don't know if it worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some grading numbers that you guys know about. Yeah, we've got some, a little bit of a drop here in uh, most of these ones. PSA down 14% this past week, 233,400 cards graded by them. SGC, they're up 5%, 27,000 cards have gone through there. Beckett down 20%, 16,600 cards. And CSG, a big drop of 59%, down to 13,300 cards. Yeah, kind of a slow week, I guess. Uh, you know, we're not, not quite sure why. I'm sure CSG is down because... 
their sale ended and they they kind of got caught up. Uh, I know SGC is up because of their sale, right? They're doing that yep. that uh, tops two thousand twenty three series one for for cheap money. So it, it's uh, it's interesting to watch, look at the statistics. And speaking of statistics, we got the big three from Gemrate. Yes, we do. This week's big three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. True, it's taken the hobby by storm. This is the buzz. The buzz in the hobby. Everyone's like, what's the big three? Who were the big three? Who made the big three? We get the big three right from Gemrate. Gemrate. These are the guys who had the biggest rise and the biggest flops. How about the floppers, Drew? Maybe we'll call them the floppers. The biggest rise and the the biggest uh, downturn in uh, grading from one week to the next. So the top risers uh, were uh, Joe Burrow. He was up. 36%, 36%, which is very cool. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. with the baseball coming up in spring training was up 34%. And Wander Franco, who I think is, uh, has got a chance to have a rebound, right? His, his card was way up and then it came down, and I think it's going to uh, rebound up because I think he's going to have a good year. It was up 30%. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow's 2020 Prism rookie card was up 25%. Uh, versus the prior week, and that's why Joe Burrow uh, leads the league, leads the yep. league this week with a, a whopping 30% increase. Yep. Got some uh, drops to talk about here as well. John Morant, a 15% drop here this week, and uh, no surprise. I, yeah, not exactly <laughs> surprised. There was some of the news that's uh, been, uh, been out there on him. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq is down 11%, and uh, Luka Doncic, a 7% drop as well. So basketball is... Uh, the big the the big floppers this week there in the uh on the big three. Yeah, Luca got hurt, right? Didn't he, he I think so. He's and he's out for a while, but I think he I think he got hurt. That might be why he's down. Um I think I think Luca's overvalued, don't you? On, on a whole. A little bit. I mean, he's been getting so hyped here in the Dallas area for ever since he like first set foot on the court. I mean, there are people like you've got radio hosts who are like, you know, trying to equate him almost with LeBron James. It's like, whoa, guys, don't tap the brakes on this one. Slam the brakes on that one. He's good. He's not that good. But yeah, yeah I, I think I think, some, I think finally, a, the hype is finally starting to catch up to him a little bit. Who would you rather have a healthy Luca or in the prime uh uh Dirk? I would say right now a prime Dirk. I agree. I mean you don't have a seven footers who can shoot three pointers like Dirk could are so rare. I mean he was just such a combination of having that size and that touch from outside to be able to do so much on the court that I would definitely take him. Well, that wraps up our big three. We want to thank our friends at gemrate.com. They're great providing the statistics for us. And guys, this is the only place you can find the big three. These statistics are nowhere just at on TTM castle. We thank them for helping out drew. I think that wraps up making the grade next up is the stamp of approval. TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. This week, we Drew and I like Stamp of Approval because it lets us uh, pontificate a little, right? We can we yeah. riff on stuff that we like. We want to prove that we're not just collectors. We we have a life outside of uh, autographs and cards, which sometimes I I doubt. My my wife will definitely say I don't. <laughs> and I'm sure your wife says the same. But yep. I'll do mine first, Drew, and then you can do yours, okay, bud? Cool. So uh, 
my wife and I, we always we always try to pick a show, pick a show that we can follow and watch. And uh, we, you know, it's hard finding shows uh, because we've seen a lot of them. But uh, I don't know why this one didn't hit our wasn't on our radar until someone mentioned it to us uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we said, oh, we're looking for a new show. And she said, have you watched Ozark? Ozark, what the hell is Ozark? I never watched it. I don't really know what it is. But it's a, a series on Netflix. And it's in his fourth season right now, or just finished his fourth season. Uh, Jason Bateman is the star. He, he's the star of the show. He, play, he is a, um, a money launderer, basically, a financial guy, money launderer. And he has to move to the Ozark with his family because um, he's trying to work back uh, some stuff for a, a drug cartel guy and he launders money. And uh, it's a really good show. I, we watched, I think, five or six episodes now of the first season. And I recommend The Ozark. It's on Netflix and it's well worth the time. It's about, I think it's the shows are about an hour. Um, not for the kiddos, guys. There is... Uh, there's nudity, there is uh, sex, there's swearing. This is a, this is a definite R-plus rated show. So uh, not for the kiddos, but a lot of intrigue. I, I'm really, we just started getting into it. So I don't know what happens. So don't spoil, don't give me any spoiler alerts, but it, it's a great, it's a really fun show to watch. And um, it's a little Breaking Bad-esque, you know what I mean? With, with that kind of, that kind of stuff. So uh, I really enjoy it. And Jason Bateman, I believe he's the executive producer and, and really, drives the show and he's fantastic in it and they um the the, the actors that they have playing the this ancillary characters are also very good and the storyline so far has been very good so check it out on netflix ozark well worth the time that gets my ttm cast stamp of approval nice i gotta say i i haven't seen an episode of it at all but one of my favorite bands local h did uh, they called the they've done these uh this series of mixtapes of them playing a bunch of covers but one of my favorite bands local age has done this series of mixtapes that uh has just a bunch of covers on them and one of them they did a cover of that song brandy from the 70s that brandy you're a fine girl yeah and at the end of it the uh band's lead singer actually name drops ozark on there he yells out ozark season three now on netflix check it out so it's a bet uh, drew it's a very good show do you have netflix I do, yeah. I haven't, I haven't uh, had a chance to check that out though. Okay, check. You no, know what? I'm a, we're only on episode five right now. So if you if you you catch up in the next week and watch four or five episodes, then we can talk Ozark. Cool. <laughs> All right, what do you right. got? What's your stamp of approval? My stamp of approval for the week is uh, this website slash channel. Uh, I don't know really what to quite call it. Got a whole bunch of stuff on it, but it's called Taste Made, and it's for anybody who enjoys like any kind of cooking shows. If you enjoy making food and such enjoy eating food it's also good for it but uh taste made has a whole bunch of different shows on it a bunch of different cooking shows and uh so i just want to highlight them heavily they've got a lot of their recipes are online unfortunately they do charge to use their website to get more than like two recipes a month but so far i mean it kind of seems like it'd be worth it to do that and i mean you can probably you know look around on place to google a lot of them but uh the two shows i definitely want to mention uh there's one called uh, patty's mexican table and uh she talks about all sorts of Mexican foods and stuff and goes like to the places in Mexico at times to, you know, talk about uh, where it all comes from and everything, kind of the history behind a lot of them and uh, makes a lot of them on the show. And the other one is Struggle Meals, where the host of it annoys the hell out of me. I will say he's, I mean, one of those kind of stereotypical millennials, unfortunately. But um, the stuff that he comes up with, though, is great. He's trying to, you know, have how to make, you know, kind of elevated and, gourmet foods on a uh, major budget so it's like 
It's got all sorts of great ideas on there, great recipes for it, how to make a whole bunch of different things. Super easy stuff to follow. And yeah, I just, I mean, it's been a really fun to watch as long as he, in small doses, at least. I mean, like I said, the dude annoys me a little bit. <laughs> lots of great stuff on it, though. So if you haven't, go and check out tastemade.com. Um, I'm not sure where their channel exists exactly. It's on my my uh, TV package that I have here, which I, I'm still concerned about the legality of it all. But uh, I at least catch a lot of that on uh, on through there. And yeah, just, I mean, check out a lot of their shows, tastemade.com. You might be able to find some of their stuff on YouTube or something like that. But yeah, they've got a lot of cool stuff. If you're into cooking, check them out. Drew, thank you, Drew. Drew, I apologize for the interruption there. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I told you I'm horrible today. I'm just off, off base. I don't know. But you're kind of a foodie. You and Jen are both foodies. Um, what's your what's your go-to meal that you like to make? Um, I can narrow it down to two things. One of them is I make really good uh, fried boneless skinless chicken thighs. Oh, Jen says I make those way better than any northerner should. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one is a uh, Casio e Pepe, which is uh, it's a pasta dish with uh, it's basically it's what they served as pasta in Italy before the before uh, Columbus brought the tomato back. Okay. And she also says I make really good steaks as well, too. So uh, there we go. So that's those are my big three right there. Since I mean, we've got a big three on the show. I might as well have my big three foods right there. So. There you Who go. does? Do you do more of the cooking? Or does Jen do most of the cooking, or do you split it? We split it. We actually make a lot of stuff together when we can. We get uh, we've got um, I remember which what the name of it is. What's the Hello Fresh? There we go. We get a we've got a Hello Fresh subscription. So yep. every week we get a box there, and usually we'll make uh, stuff from that. You know, three or four times a week together, and uh, we'll do all that. But yeah, if it's just one of us cooking, it kind of we kind of split it really. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, all right, I'll come up with something. Sometimes she'll come up with something. So yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Drew. That it's tastemade. Tastemade.com, guys. Check that out. That is Drew's stamp of approval. That wraps up our TTM cast stamp of approval. Hopefully, you guys like that segment. Drew and I always have fun with it. Oh, so uh, I, I hopefully you guys like that segment talking a little uh, stuff other than collectibles, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. Next up is the burn wrap minute. I hope uh, you noticed if you're, you're a listener to the show, um, I we had a, uh, you know, we have a little music bed bumper, what right? We play play before we uh, we do the Vern Rap Minute and it was Taps. And it was just, I just pulled a, a song clip of one of those three song clips that, that, I, that I grabbed and it didn't play the whole Taps. And one of my, one of my uh, veteran a friend, a listener that's a veteran pointed out to me that, that it's, um, it's not right to not play play the whole taps because it it, it uh, is offensive to to people that are in the army or in the service that the whole thing didn't didn't play. So we we swapped out a new sound. Hopefully you you uh, 
listen to it. I got the thumbs up from from the from our listener who, who who said thank you for swapping it out. So we weren't trying to offend anyone. Sometimes we we do stuff without realizing it, right, Joe? Drew? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so uh, the Vern Rat Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rat, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. We do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, so they don't send out a TTM request to someone who passed in the world of sports and celebrity. Uh, this week we lost a few people in sports and a few celebrities as well. Uh, we lost Joe Pepitone. Joe, Joe Pepitone uh, played first base and outfield for the New York Yankees from 62 to 73. He also played for the Astros, Cubs, and Braves. He was uh, a character. Would you say he was a character, Drew? Oh, yeah. That's that's a good description there. <laughs> he was a character. He was kind of on the tail end of those good Yankee teams um, in the 60s. And then he, he never quite played up to his potential, I guess. Would that, would, would that be a fair estimate? Everyone thought he was going to be, you know, better than Don Mattingly, so to speak. And I don't mm. think he... I don't think he was even, he was certainly not at the Don Matting level. He never kind of, he never came, he, he never quite hit the the stride, right? He loved the bottle a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah I think so. He was, he was, he was a partier, but Joe Pepitone, uh, last he attempted in 2013, he was 82 years old. Uh, we also lost Dick Fosbury, who uh, you may recognize if you're an Olympic fan. He was the gold medal high jumper in 1968 and created the Fosbury flop. That's the, uh, Method of going over the bar that every high jumper uses now, where they go kind of you know shoulders and back first over the uh, over the over the bar. Uh, he's not a TTMer, but he did sign at a few uh, nationals in the past. I think he was at like the 2014, I want to say national, or it would have been 2015, I guess, in Chicago. It was one of those years in Chicago. I know he was there. Um, like I said, not a TTMer. Uh, Dick Fosbury was 76 years old. Drew, we lost Felton Spencer. Felton Spencer played at Louisville in college. He was a great college player. He played with a number of teams in the NBA, including uh, Minnesota, the uh, Jazz, Orlando, Golden State, the Spurs, the Knicks. He played 640 games in the NBA. He was a great TTMer. Felton Spencer was a fantastic TTMer. Uh, he just he he just passed away the other day, but he I was looking at his TTM results, and he he was signing up till like like two weeks ago. Wow. So um, a great teacher, Felton Spencer was 55 years old. Uh, Bud Grant died this week. Longtime Vikings head coach uh, took them to four Super Bowls in the uh, 1970s. 18 seasons there at the helm of the Vikings. Hall of Famer, excellent TTMer. Uh, Bud Grant was 95 years old. They did not win, right? Minnesota has not won a Super Bowl. Right. They were 0-4. They lost, uh, God. I can't even rattle off who all they lost to, but yeah, they uh, yeah they, they lost to Miami once, right? And Miami, uh, they lost to Kansas City and Kansas Super Bowl City, four. right? I think, jeez, uh, Washington? No, no, Washington would have been the conference. Uh, the uh, Raiders, the Steelers, the Steelers, and the Raiders. There you go, Steelers and the Raiders, right? Um, they, I remember growing up, Bud Grant was always that kind of old guy on the sidelines, kind of a crudgy yeah. cr- old guy on the sidelines, right? And he was he was a great coach. Um, Sorry, we, we lost him. Okay, we lost the second of the Alou brothers. We only have one, one more still with us. Uh, the oldest one, Felipe, we lost uh, Jesus Alou. He played for the Giants, the Astros, the A's, and the Mets from 63 to 79. He was an outfielder. He played pro- most of his career with the Giants. He played with his brothers, both of his brothers, Felipe and uh, Matty. He was the youngest brother. Uh, he last TTM'd in 2018, so he wasn't much of a TTMer. Jesus Alou was 80 years old. He was a couple times they had an all Alu outfield there yep. with the Giants there with all three in, in some good teams. Those those were good giant Giants teams too. Yeah. Uh we lost Dick Haley this week. Football player played cornerback 
from 1959 to 1965 with the Redskins, the Vikings, and the Steelers. Uh, more famous, though, for his uh, post-playing career, he became the director of player personnel for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1971 to 1980. So he was the big one who constructed that steel curtain. They helped construct the steel curtain defense and that great offense of Bradshaw, Harris, and Swan. Served in that capacity from 1971 to 1980. Became a Hall of Famer because of that. Uh, Dick Haley, not a TTMer. He was 85 years old. Right. He was also he's also dad of Todd Haley, the coach. Oh wow. So he was uh, he gave his life to football. And he was a a, a great a great um, GM personal personnel director. Yep. We lost uh, Otis Taylor. Otis Taylor was a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs from 1965 to 1975. He won three pro, pro he played in three Pro Bowls. He was the ASC Player of the Year in 1971. He was a really great receiver. Um, he last TTM'd in 2004, so he wasn't much of a TTMer. Otis Taylor was 80 years old. Uh, let's see here. We lost uh, Jim Gordon this week. He was a drummer. One of the best session drummers out there. Uh, he played on a lot of albums that you've probably heard. He was the drummer, or one of the drummers at least, on Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. He also uh, played on Classical Gas by Mason Williams, mostly known for the guitar work on that one, but still has a nice drum track to it. Went on to join Derek and the Dominoes with uh, Eric Clapton, and of course, uh, known for the song Layla, where he also played the piano coda at the end of it. Uh, had some uh, had some tough stuff later on in life. He was diagnosed as a schizophrenic. Um, killed his mother, a couple other things there, but great musician for a long time. He was 77 years old. We lost Pat McCormick. Oh, by the way, guys, Drew did that all off the top of his head. He he's, he, <laughs> he knew that all off the top of his head. He's amazing. We lost Pat McCormick. Pat McCormick uh, won gold medals in the 1952 and 1956 Olympics. She was a diver. She wanted him in diving. Uh, Pat McCormick was 92 years old. Uh, we also lost Robert Blake this week, a uh, longtime actor. He was on The Little Rascals as a child. He later was on Beretta. Um, also had his share of uh, post-acting yeah, kind of come on career. Come on, the law. <laughs> yeah, post-acting career issues there. Um, acquitted in the death of his wife, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, Robert Blake was 89 years old. Well, guys, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Our uh, condolences and sympathy that goes out to anyone that lost anyone this week. Uh, Drew, we, we're going to talk returns. We might have to have another show just for returns, right? We had so many returns. Yeah, this is, a, this is a big one this week here, yeah. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Well, I'm going to do mine. I think I had about eight or ten uh, returns. Drew had, ready? Eighteen, guys. Eighteen returns. Oh, yeah. He is the man. So I am going to run through mine fairly quickly because we have a lot to cover in returns. And then we'll let Drew Drew have the floor and he can talk to all about his returns. So I got Dennis Heron. Dennis Heron was a goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He also was a goalie for the uh, Kansas City Scouts of all teams, right? Remember, remember the Kansas City Scouts? Well, oh, he yeah. signed three cards for me, uh, all in blue Sharpie. He personalized them. I, I, my favorite one was getting the 7980 Tops card signed. Thank you, Derek. Dennis, we got uh, three from Dennis Heron. We got Gary Sargent. Gary Sargent was a defenseman. He played for the LA Kings and he played for the um, Minnesota North Stars, right? And he was a uh, a, a pretty good, uh, I don't know, defensive defenseman, right? A defenseman's yeah. defenseman? Yeah, stay-at-home defenseman, defensive defenseman, yeah. Yeah. So he signed a 79 and 80 cards for me. He also sent me a postcard, which was kind of cool. Um, I showed it to Drew. It was, it, uh, he sent that along with his 
his card, uh, the cards that I sent, and that took a couple of weeks, so I was very happy to get that. He also sent his 7980 uh, Tops card for me, so I'm yeah, I've been knocking those out, uh, not even trying to collect the set. I might, I might try to get that set, but it, you know, it has the Gretzky card on it, in it, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll never get that signed. But we'll see. Drew, I, I remember this guy? We we saw him at the national, and I for some reason I forgot to send this card to him. He has the, the his score card that it's the no hit club. It's the ninety two scorecard. Oh yeah. So yep. I sent that to him, and he signed it uh, in blue sharpie. In a couple of weeks, I was very happy to get that back. I I had met him at the national. He was a, a cool guy. I Tommy Green, in, in uh, case you didn't, Gar- in case you didn't drop the name in, huh? Tommy Green, in case you didn't drop the name in there. I don't think Tommy Green. Tommy Green, <laughs> picture Tommy Green. I got a uh, Gary Howery, Howitt. I'm sorry. Howitt yeah. Gary Howitt was left winger for the Islanders. He played uh, most of his career with the Islanders. He signed his 1977 78 card for me. He personalized it. it took a couple of weeks. I got um, Ernie Hickey. Remember Ernie Hickey, Drew? Ernie Hickey er- played for the uh, North Stars. He signed his 1976 77 card in blue Sharpie. And that took he later, one- he later went on to be head coach of the North American Hockey League's Port Huron Fighting Falcons when I was broadcasting in that league. Yep. Well, see, he was kind of a. a, a uh, um, an enforcer type guy, wasn't he? A little bit. His, uh, especially, I mean, you look at his CHL numbers. I've got, I pulled up his uh, page. I'm like, wait a second, who did he coach for? But yeah, he, uh, I mean, when he was with uh, Houston in the CHL, he put up, a, he had a couple of hundred plus penalty minute seasons. But I mean, he's a guy who had a 30 goal uh, capability throughout a lot of his career. He actually had a 30 goal season with the North Stars and that kind of a, a little bit of a could do just about anything out there kind of guy. Never, uh, not a huge star or anything, but versatile at least. Yeah, he and he signed his his um, seventy six tops card for me, which I I love the card because he has this huge seventies afro, nice. <laughs> which is very cool. So he signed in blue sharpie. That was kind of cool. I got um Craig Hilo. Craig Hilo was a guard for the your Cleveland Cavs, right? Oh yeah, he played for yep. Houston as well. He signed his nineteen ninety ninety one NBA card for me uh, in blue sharpie with his number. And he, I know Craig's a, a very uh, good signer through the mail. You, I'm sure you have him. Yep, got him there. Also got him in person back when he was an assistant coach with the uh, Seattle Supersonics back in the kind of mid-2000s there. I got uh, two 1974 Tops cards. I got Jack Martin, who played for the Buffalo Braves. Remember the Buffalo Braves, Drew? Yep, yep. <laughs> and Jim Washington, who was a guard with the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, two two more uh, cards from the 1974 top set, both of them in blue, a blue Sharpie, and they both took a couple weeks. And lastly, this one was been out for a while. Uh, Mike Dunn, who was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, oh, yeah. he signed his uh, Topps Gold Cup card, which nice. is his 88 Topps card. Uh, this one took a couple months to come back. It just came back yesterday, actually. So I'm very happy to add that to my collection. Um, I sent out, I think, four or five more um, requests this week. I didn't, ha- I didn't have a big week. Next week, I'm going to be home all week. So I'm going to try to knock off another 15 or 20 get them out in the mail, you know, and then I also, I also, I, I did my count. I did, I got 33 cards signed at spring training, which was nice. pretty cool. Pretty good. Well, that wraps up my return stream. I'm going to take a nap now and I'm going to hand the, the mic over to you. All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that Mike Dunn that you got in there because in among that stuff from the uh, Dallas card show, there's probably about 15 copies of his 1985 uh, Olympic card there from the 85 yep. top set. So it's like, great. I'll grab a couple of those and fire those off to him here this week whenever I get some more stamps. So good to hear that he's signing. 
But yeah, I had a uh, very big uh, week and a half approximately since our last uh, recording. Starting on Friday, the uh, Friday, March 10th, ended up getting, I think it was like 27 cards total signed across uh, these uh, responses that I got back in. But uh got back Jody Hull, who was a longtime NHLer for, I think, half the league he had to have played for at some point or another there. I know he had like a 20 or 30 goal season with the Florida Panthers the year they made the cup finals. I think he, with, he had a cup, cup of coffee with the Bruins, didn't he? He might have at some point. Yeah, I mean, there was he bounced around all over the place. I know at the very least I had cards of him with uh, Florida, Ottawa, the Hartford Whalers, the Rangers, uh, the Flyers on a couple of occasions, the Atlanta Thrashers. He may have played with the Bruins for a bit there. There's a whole bunch of teams that he played for at some point, but very good signer. He's now a coach with Tri-City in the WHL and signs very quickly through them. I got back Matthew Garon, who is a goalie for a number of teams, came up, I believe, with the Canadians, went to the Kings, the Penguins for about half a season, the Blue Jackets for a year and a half. Very good signer as well. He's in Florida, I believe, if I remember right. So I, lo- uh, I cool. love getting goalie cards. I love oh, getting yeah. goalie card signed. Absolutely. And he's a real quick returner as well in the U.S. too, so you don't have to worry about, you know, having to cross borders or anything with all that. I got back Brian Hayward, speaking of goalies. He is a longtime goalie for Montreal. Went on to, uh, let's see here, the Minnesota North Stars and the uh, San Jose Sharks when they had their little split there around uh, 1991. Very quick signer. He's now a color commentator for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, he was very good with the Canadians. Very good yes. with the Canadians. Yes, back up to Patrick Waugh and won several Jennings trophies teaming up with him. Uh, got back Tony Horacek, who was a uh, tough guy in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. Fun fact, if you ever look through the Philadelphia Flyers rosters from about 1977 up to like the late 90s, early 2000s, look for jersey number 21 on those teams, and it was probably whoever they had employed as a fighter at the time. (laughs) Dave Brown wore it for his entire time. Then uh, when Brown went to uh, Edmonton, they gave it to Horacek, and he wore it for a couple of years until Brown came back and took it back. Then it went to Dan Kordick after a while, who switched from 6 into 21. Uh, Sandy McCarthy, when he came in, wore it for quite a while. And there's probably a couple other, excuse me, a couple other guys I'm forgetting in there. But yeah, it seems like whoever their toughest guy was, whoever their resident fighter was, for the Flyers, they probably wore 21. And Tony Horacek was one of those guys. Very cool. Yep. Got back uh, Todd Bertuzzi as well. I finally have another addition for my 0203 tops total set. I'm now down to needing only five on that set. But Bertuzzi signed that card. Also put in a signed four by six photo of himself with the uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks and wrote a short note back and returned to the $10 bribe that I sent along with it. So uh, very nice. Wait, great return he, right is there. he a U.S. guy or did he, is he in Canada? Yeah, he's a U.S. guy as well. He lives uh, in the Detroit area there. But I had uh, I'd seen somebody had gotten a success on him using the address from the Harvey Meiselman list. I'm like, I don't have the Harvey list. Is there anybody out there who, who would be willing to help me out? Unfortunately, somebody sent it to me. He said, yeah, let me know how it goes. I'd like to try that too if it works out. And so, yeah, I let him know, hey, this works. Here's what I did. Boom, there you go. Hope that works out for you too there, uh, Jay. So uh, go ahead and try that out. Um, last one for the 10th was uh, Rusty Meacham, pitcher for the, uh, mostly with the Royals, but came up as a Tiger originally. But I sent him some cards I had of him with the Tigers. I remember him coming up with them because I used to visit family in Michigan a lot and saw a lot of Tigers games on TV that way. So I remember him through them. Uh, March 11th got back uh, Dick Grote, of course, the uh, 1960 National League MVP, longtime Pittsburgh Pirate, played for the Cardinals as well. Uh, let's see here. Jim Merritt, who is in the 72 tops high numbers, got that one done to add to the set. Also signed a 75 for me as well. Pitched for the Reds and the Rangers at the very least. 
Uh, Alan Trammell, Hall of Fame shortstop, sent to him at spring training down in Lakeland, Florida with the Tigers. Came back to me in about a week or so, and that's another one to add into my Diamond Kings collection. And I finally now have all of the Trammell cards I need for my sets that I'm doing. So uh, finally got all that done. Moving on to Monday, the 13th, we got in Benoit Hogue. He was a, uh, he played center and left wing for several teams, including, let's see here, Buffalo, Toronto, New York Islanders. He was with the Stars for a little bit. Um, Another guy who bounced around quite a bit there, one of those kind of uh, lower line uh, centermen slash wingers there who could kind of do a little bit of everything. He might put up 25 goals. He might punch a guy out. You never really know what he was going to bring to the table on a game-by-game basis. Mark Hardy, another, uh, this time a defenseman who was, uh, a little bit of a do-everything type guy, mostly with the Kings, also played briefly with the Rangers as well. He may have, yeah, he wasn't on the Rangers Cup winning team, but he was, I believe, with the Kings the year that they played in the finals and lost to Montreal. He had this huge hit on Mike Keene in that series that uh, still makes uh, makes uh, highlight videos to this day. Uh, got Bob Dernier back, outfielder for the Cubs and the Phillies. He has started signing for $5 now, so uh, sent that off to him, got him for one of the sets that I'm doing. So. Another addition to the 05 uh, Tops fan favorite set. Big one that I added in also on Monday, Brooks Robinson on an 11 by 14 photo. Took about two and a half weeks, sent $25 for that one. But I figured, you know what? I've got him for all my set cards. I might as well print up an 11 by 14, get that done. So I got that. And I'm good to go on Brooks Robinson now, unless I come across a cheap rookie card at some point. So pretty much set on him. Uh, Let's see, March 14th. That was Tuesday. Got back Stump Merrill, former Yankees manager back in... I think it was around 1990 and 91. He was there uh, as the bridge kind of between one of Billy Martin's years. I think there maybe it was Lou Pinella's time on into uh, uh, right before, what's his name? Uh, Buck Showalter took over. Yep. But he's a quick signer there. It took about maybe two weeks or so to get him. Also got Lowell Palmer on a 1972 high number. He has a $10 fee, but uh, he's got that great 1970 tops card there. Where he's got the sunglasses on and they, yep. uh, Copied that one on uh, Pat Neshek's card when they did the uh, 19, the 2019 Tops Heritage set. He was a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Great guy out of the bullpen there for quite a bit there. But yeah, he was uh, a yeah, quick signer as well to go along with it. Uh, let's see. Didn't get anything in on Wednesday or Thursday. Thought the well might have dried up. And then Friday came through strong. We got uh, Ken Hodge Jr. back. First time I'd sent to him, I'd sent to Senior a couple of times before. But uh, seeing to go through my cards, I'm like, how have I not sent to Ken Jr.? Let's pull a few cards of him. So... He signed pretty quickly. Uh, that was actually supposed to come to me on Wednesday and disappeared for a couple days there. So uh, thanks again, uh, local post office, for uh, <laughs> losing stuff for me again. But uh, fortunately, got to me just fine. He also actually put the cards in a card saver as well to help protect him on the way back. So that, nice. uh, that helped out. Uh, we got back uh, Denny Riddleberger, 1972 Tops guy as well. He was on the Indians with that particular uh, card. All right, wait, I, need, I need, I need a, I, you know, every time, every now and then a guy comes out that, that I like, don't remember him. I do not remember Denny Riddleberger. Tell me a little about him. Oh, uh, let's see here. What do we got? He, uh, I get the light just right here. He was, uh, pitched with Washington, actually, mostly in the, uh, early 70s, 70 and 71 with Washington went to Cleveland. I'm not sure he actually even played with the Indians at all. Cause I think he bounced around somewhere else, like to the reds or something like that. Not long after. Okay. But yeah, he's a guy I don't know much about. He, he had a $5 fee. It's like, you know what? Fine. I need it for the set. So I'll go ahead and send it off, but got that one back signed in that. Uh, yeah. It came out nice. Don't, don't you love that? That's part of the hobby that I love Drew is getting the guys that, you know, like you remember him, you barely, you don't remember him. And yep. you know, you look, every time I get a card back from these guys, I always look up to, 
to learn more about him. Ernie Hickey was one. Like I remember Ernie Hickey, but if you if you had to tell me a a, mem- a moment of his career, I couldn't tell you. And that's yeah. that that guy, that Danny Rilberger. I never heard of him. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell you much about him either. And uh, well, he's with the Indians on this one, so it's like, hey, that's good enough for me. That's so a double win for you. That in. Yep. Uh, let's see here. We got back Mike Pagel, former Browns backup quarterback. He was the backup to Bernie Kosar from around 1988 or so to 1990. But uh, I remember him because, I mean, every time, every backup quarterback in Cleveland, the backup quarterback is the is every Clevelander's favorite player, it seems like. And it was right around Pagel is the first time that I remember that really happening. But uh, he signed uh, two for me, got the where card. Did, where did he go to college? Where did he go to college? Uh, Pagel you? was a uh, Arizona State. Arizona, Arizona State. State. I know. He ended, He played with the Colts, right? Wasn't he like yes. Manning's backup or somebody, Jeff George's backup? or? Yeah, he, even before that, I think he may have. I don't know if that was before he was with the Browns or after. Because uh, let me see here. I think, yeah, it was before he was with the Browns. He may have been with the – yeah, he was with the Colts before that. So he would have been the backup to – Jeff Trudeau, possibly. I'm trying to think who would have been the best yeah, to start around the mid '80s there. Yeah, I know he was never he he was in one of those guys that that uh, like kind of Brian Hoyer, right? That kind of yeah. ne- never became a, a start a full time starter for too long, but I bet he played 15 years in the league <laughs> collecting yeah. a check. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Continuing on, yesterday got back a uh, Danny Ainge as well on a pair Da-da-da! of Yep, that's uh, it was funny because I mean, I've mailed out to him twice because the first time, for some reason, I thought that he was employed by the Celtics. So I mailed it off to the Celtics and I'm like, wait a second, is he? Oh, crap, he's with the Jazz. So, uh, wait a couple of weeks and I figured, like, all right, we'll go ahead and grab these two and send those off to the Jazz. And that came back finally. So, uh, yeah, it took about, God, it was right at the end of the year. So, it was about two and a half months it took to come back, but not too bad of a wait there at all either. Yep. Thanks to our friend Troy Ryder for pointing us in that direction, right, Drew? Yes, exactly. And I've got uh, two more that are coming in today should be Jose Cardinal and Willie Montañez. I'll know more about those next week, though, to make sure that that's exactly who they are. But that finally wraps up my entire week, all 18 of them that have come in and two that hopefully are coming in today. And yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of my biggest weeks in quite a while. All right. Ready? Take a breath. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that wraps up for returns. That was a big, big return. We all, we had uh, probably 20 returns among amongst us and maybe about 30, 40 cards, which is, is kind of cool. Yeah. And that's why we keep doing the TTMs, right, Drew? Absolutely. All right. Should we wrap this thing up? Put a bow I on it? I think so. Yep. And this is how it ends. All right. Let's put a bow on it, guys. I want to thank Sean Smith from the Red Sox and the big Mickey Rivers collector for joining us. He, it was awesome. A nice, nice meeting Sean and Sean, uh, is now officially a friend of the show and it was like nice to talk to him les wolf as always giving us two cents and uh he'll he'll be walked back from cloud nine when uh aaron Rodgers is officially a jet but <laughs> we had less we're gonna give less next week off we'll talk to him in two weeks uh i want to remind everyone ttm cast one-on-one every wednesday great interviews yep. this week we have canal chopra from beckett he is ceo of beckett uh don't miss that episode also, next week, this Wednesday coming up, we have Ted Mann from Collects, from Collects.app. We will talk to Ted about everything that's going on at Collects. On Saturday, we will have Otto Moore, former NBA center. He played with a bunch of teams. Uh, we'll have Otto Moore, and we will have Clemente Lise. We'll catch up with Clemente, see what's going on with him. Uh, Drew, any big plans for the week? Not really. I mean, just going to go and run some errands today. I got to go and buy some more stamps here pretty soon and mail out a few more requests. and. See what I can do there. But aside from that, no, nothing really big at all. 
I know I burned through my stamps. I think I have like five or six left. I, I, I had a big reserve when the we bought a bunch before the po the postage increase, but now I got to go out and uh, buy some more. I'll, I'm going to do some TTMing as well my, myself this week. Uh, remember to check out my article in sportscollectorsdaily.com every week. They usually post on Tuesday or Wednesday. Make sure you check out Drew. Drew is always posting new videos on DFW Grapher. Follow him on uh, on uh, Twitter as well. He is, is a, a great poster. Make sure you follow Drew. Drew, I think that is it. We're going to enjoy. Uh, we're not even going to mention the NCAA tournament because we both Oof. bit the big one. Thank you, Sean Smith. Sean Smith went to Purdue. He told me to pick Purdue. I picked Purdue. And what happened? They got <laughs> who beat him? I don't even remember what team that beat him. Furman? No. Fairly uh, Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson. Of, out of New Jersey. Yeah. Just and that, I mean that's not even a 16 over one. That's a 16 that played in a play-in game over a one. That's like a 17 over a one, basically, at that point. So yeah, wow. he they killed everyone's bracket. So we'll yeah. we'll watch a little basketball and uh we got the Good luck to Team USA, right? On uh, they're playing tonight, I believe today against um, Venezuela for the right to go get uh, lose to Japan, right? The winner, I think, plays Japan. Yep, yep. I think Japan's winning this thing, don't you? Yeah, I mean they're the number one ranked team in the world, and I mean they've already won it at least once before. So yeah, it would not surprise me if they do it again. And who's making himself a boatload of money in this this tournament is Otani. Otani's yeah. gonna be a free agent, Drew. He is gonna be. I, I I don't even want to think about how much money he's gonna make, just literally off of this perform. I mean, obviously he's a great player, but this performance in the World uh, Baseball Classic, he has been by far the best player, don't you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's just. I mean, we're witnessing something absolutely incredible here. I mean, there's no player who's been able to put up. I mean, pitching and hitting numbers like he does at the same time. I mean, the closest you have is. Babe Ruth, and he had separation between his pitching and his hitting time. No, I know. All right, guys. Well, that's it. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Wednesday. Be good. Hey.